Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> and we will make America great again. <laughs> My fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. The president has chosen fear. We want to start with the facts. The women and children at the border are not a security threat. There's an obvious solution. Separate the shutdown from arguments over border security. How much more American blood must we shed before Congress does its job? And here are some of the steel slats that the president's been talking about. No sign of the national emergency that the president has been talking about. The women and children on that border, they're acting more American than any person who seeks to keep them out ever will be. I doubt it. You are fake news. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. Gang three room. He is. Alright, go, go. Again. Five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Okay, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Quite a lot to discuss this week, as usual, including, but not limited to, of course, the third week of the government shutdown is upon us. Trump delivers a national address to push for a border wall, and Schumer and Pelosi instantly meme themselves in response <laughs> by choosing to present together. It's like they couldn't decide who was going to do it, so they yeah. went together. And the weird thing about watching them speak is your eyes naturally go to the one who isn't speaking and is just staring at you with kind of a right angry look on his or angry. her face. Why did they face forward? Like that seemed like yeah. a... the whole presentation was just weird. Mm. So it's like I wasn't particularly blown away by the president's speech and it was so short and it was already over. And I thought, why did he bother doing this? And then Nancy and Chuck come on. I go, oh, that's why worth it <laughs> to, to make them look like this. That's why I did like what he had to say about. Well, we'll talk about it. Sure. Uh, and plus, not just that, but everybody competes for the most ridiculous reaction. You had Jim Acosta, you had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. There were more reactions than I could fit in the show, so I just picked my favorite ones. We'll get through those. 13-year-old uh, Jamie Kloss, who was kidnapped after the murder of her parents in October in Wisconsin, somehow escaped her captor and is now safe. We'll check in on all the details with that amazing story, including details that are out within like the last hour yeah. about this guy's home that she was apparently held captive in. Uh, Peter yeah. Bogosian, one of the uh, three professors who orchestrated that hoax gender studies paper uh, scheme that we discussed a few months back, 
He's now facing disciplinary action from Portland State University. Uh, he's worried that his job is going to be terminated. We'll discuss why. It definitely is. For it sure. sounds like it. Maybe he and Brett Weinstein can just start their own college yeah. at this point. And the, with the rest of like, you know, these uh, these professors in exile, as he calls himself. Starbucks, unsurprisingly, has a needle problem in some of its bathrooms in uh, urban environments uh, that anyone can use. Recall anyone can use them after Starbucks was so racist last spring. Instead of uh, stopping that needle using behavior in their bathrooms, they're announcing a plan to enable it. They're going to have uh, needle disposal sites at your local Starbucks because uh, oh, all the bombs are shooting up in there. And then I heard that in some places they're just not going to have trash cans. Oh, okay. There, there we go. All right. So we'll check in on Starbucks plan to deal with the uh, needle problem that nobody could have seen coming based <laughs> on their policy. Uh, we've been How many weeks in a row have we done Desmond talk? It's been like a month straight, I think. Well, not to be outdone by all that recent Desmond talk. Remember rival 10-year-old drag kid Lactatia? Yes, I remember. He's now back. Lactatia might have been the original one that we discussed on the show, I think. Lactatia is back upping the ante. Regrettably, you will find out how. And then even more regrettably, I have surprise cringe left over from last week. You get to decide if it's worse than last week's uh, highly competitive entry. I thought that was a particularly rough Example of some surprise cringe. You're the lady trying who... to ruin me. That's what, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Well, this this one will be a good attempt at uh, at at continuing the trend. Anyway, um, we will also take super chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics. Of course, ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thanks for liking the show on YouTube. Thanks for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting the show through all this Patreon nonsense. And thanks for emailing us. That's beauty in the beta at gmail.com. If you'd like to take the show on the go in an audio format, find those platforms linked in the description, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us Speaking of the um, the Patreon nonsense, I do have one more platform to announce as people are asking about things they can use in lieu of Patreon when we quit at the end of the month, when we abandon Patreon. Uh, I've been in touch with listener a listener named Parker who's been developing this platform called Creator since the fall, or at least he got in touch with me in the fall. It's a pretty bare-bones site so far, but it is built largely with Patreon functionality. And both my individual creator account and the podcast creator account are live. So if you're interested in checking those out, um, I've set uh, I've set links to those or put a link to this creator account in the support document that's linked in the description. So if you'd like to give a chance to uh, a listener of the show who set up a platform to offer monthly subscriptions to YouTube creators and the rest, this is uh, an opportunity for you. Full disclosure, it is theoretically susceptible to the same payment uh, processor deplatforming that has happened elsewhere. Um, but if you'd like to give this a shot, that is an option that's available for you. And like I said, it's, it's someone who listens to the show and someone who's in the audience who has taken a proactive step to build something uh, that we all can utilize. So I, I say thank you to Parker for doing that. And I hope the mob doesn't come after him. I regret if the mob, if we bring the mob to him. I know. Yeah. We're sorry. It's, it's inevitable. So just an option for you. Uh, the other thing about uh, potential platforms for the show, as I mentioned, I see basically everybody retreating to their own corners on this. And it seems like that might be the route that we have to go to. Yeah. 
This week I did buy a website domain. I can't announce it just yet. I haven't built it, but the plan is I'll have something with some general functionality to enable direct support for, for us individually, for the podcast. We'll have our own website. I will try to make it as metal proof as I possibly can and as direct as I possibly can with as few middlemen as I possibly can. Granted, I'm not a professional web developer, so I'm going to do the best I can with the tools that are available to me. If I run into trouble, I might make an announcement on the show that we're looking to hire someone to uh, to do some temporary work for us. But um, if you are dissatisfied with all the, you know, just the disorganization of of the pa- uh, Patreon replacements at this point, uh, and you look you're looking for something that's just a consolidated way to support us directly. That is what I have in mind, and I'll have I hope something more to say about that by February is my goal. But I can't promise anything, unfortunately, since I have to make videos. You know, it's like I can't spend all day learning how to build a website. I got to make videos too. But appreciate everyone's patience and everyone sticking with us through all the Patreon nonsense. Last week, recall listener Michael Schlecht was organizing a meetup of Denver area listeners, and I messaged you because I I, I said, "Wow, would you take a guess how many people signed up for that?" I couldn't believe it. It, t- it turned out. Um, Oh, there were over 20 people that signed up to go to to this um, this listener meetup in Denver. And we actually have a picture. There are a lot of bras of, there. Of those attendees. Yes, there are real-life females in attendance. Real-life females. Look I believe. That. So shout-out to everyone who decided to uh, meet up at the Sanity Safe Space in Denver, Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe this? this I is know. It's so crazy I, to me. When he sent me the picture, I thought, that's insane. I can't believe that many people showed up on such short notice. Wow. It's it's just wild because when we do the show, it's just like we're on a hangout bitching to each other about yeah. politics. And I just don't think sometimes that they're actual real people. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really, this. I'm really happy to see that people presumably with some level of like mindedness found a way to come together and hopefully make some new friends. So um, if you're interested in meeting up with the Denver area group, I'm going to include Michael Schleck's Google hangout or Google uh, document. It's just a form. You can, you can send him information. He'll get you in touch with everyone. But given this turnout, if, if people are in other markets and they want to organize groups like this, I'm sure that's something we could facilitate. I just mm-hmm. hadn't, I didn't think the turnout or interest in something like this would be this high. So given yeah. that it might be, if you live in some other city and you think, hey, I want to meet up with other people who like the show, send us an email and we'll see what we can do. Well, maybe we'll just make like a little Google form for different markets where there's interest and that sort of thing. But but, uh, but this was very cool. So thanks to Michael and everyone who organized it. And I'm happy to see everyone got together. That's very, that's very awesome to see. Uh, in addition... Got some art submissions if you want to check them out. Of course, from Lunachick, we are uh, we are face swapped onto Chuck and Nancy. In addition to the just million Chuck and Nancy memes that came out this week, I think Fan- I told you this, but you look so much like Jordan Peterson in this. Kind of, isn't that? It's I do like the head sort of, shape, like the yeah. tall, narrow head shape. Yeah, I do sort. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah be a jordan's child or something like that or i don't know that's a weird that's a weird image now that i see it that way thank you to Ludachik for that uh elva caro sent us i guess this movie cover but this is zero to execution a postmodern apocalypse film <laughs> and uh it's about it's about when parents become predatory they will be turned into prey <laughs> featuring desmond's parents and then yes. i think that's lactatia's parents speaking of lactatia very left. good and that's totally what my body looks like IRL. yeah you totally have a lower body like that you're yes. not just a torso uh-huh we got some uh recall a little while back i got some artwork from gloria 
who had done up uh, this this cool pop art uh, of a still frame from one of my videos. Well, she got around to making your version of it too, and together, I th- I really think these uh, this is a cool look. This is uh, this is some fantastic work from Gloria. So thank you for putting these together. I loved it so much. I sent it to my mom. Yeah, it is super cool. Um, I, I'm trying to think because I I really like the look of this. That said, I mean this is stuff that I consider is it's good enough to like redo the podcast yeah, artwork for. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with our original for now, just because everything else is so chaotic. I'm going to talk to Gloria, but I think I'm going to change my channel artwork. Ooh. I was I was trying to figure out something I could do with this, even if it's like framing a little piece of it or something like that. It's a, it's so a, cool. A, you can't see it, but on our screen, I have them side by side right now too, and they look really good, just kind of paired up paired side up, by yeah. side. So, thank you to Gloria for putting these together. I know there was a lot of time and effort put in those. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, of course, most shows, not all shows, but I drink my Coors Light, right? I buy the Silver Bullets. That's kind of my bit. I take a lot of flack for it. People try to tell me their taste in beer is so much better than mine, but I don't care. I keep buying the cheap Coors Light. Well, perhaps some validation for my tastes this week out of the Colorado area. Andrew, Andrew uh, Slavinich, I'm going with that, is a 101-year-old World War II vet who drinks a Coors Light every day at 4 p.m. He credits the beer with his longevity for his efforts. (laughs) Coors recently flew him from Pittsburgh to Denver for a comped tour of the facility. This is what his trip to the Coors Brewery in Colorado looked like. Well, now one man actually credits a Colorado beer for his long and active life. Well, you know what they say, it's five o'clock somewhere, but for Andrew Slavonic, Five is one hour late. Every day at four o'clock, yes. Thursday, he was right on time to get his daily Coors Light. Andrew is 101 years old. He was an Air Force gunner in World War II, and he's a family man. One of his favorite things these days is his four o'clock Coors Light. I just love to drink it, that's all. It all started when he was much younger. When I was mowing my lawns, at about four o'clock, I was finished with the lawn. I'd have my Coors Light. That's when it hit the spot. He says it might just be the secret to his longevity. That's almost like a, like a medicine. When the Coors family heard about him, they decided to fly him out to Colorado from his home in Pittsburgh. He got to have lunch with them, and he got a private tour of the brewery. So you all laugh at me now, but I'll be laughing when I'm 101 drinking my Coors Light and you're all dead. Then I'll oh, have the last whatever. Laugh. Or maybe not, because there'll be nobody around to listen to my show anymore at that point. Yeah, but. really. He doesn't look a day over like... 75 he does look good for his age yeah i mean 101 man he's he's yeah. looking not too uh, too bad i don't have the transition ready here I, although i could but he's certainly looking better than one ruth bader ginsburg well which who, who we'll speak about in a moment here first we're going to talk about the first lady of california oh uh, did God, you see I this, hated story? this story so much <laughs> by the way so, i saw gavin newsom a few weeks ago holding his like four-year-old son while making a speech and his son had like a binky in my husband walked past the tv and was like isn't that kid a little bit old to have a pacifier Hmm. it was clearly he was just using him as a political prop so when i saw this story i was like ah they seem to be working on 2020 or something yeah maybe uh gavin newsom of course recently inaugurated new governor of uh california his wife is jennifer siebel newsom and she says she's going to go by the title of first partner instead of first lady in acknowledgement of gender equality. She's some sort of documentary filmmaker who works oh, on issues of ew. inclusion and some such nonsense. 
But I guess the question I have is like, why why is the title of first lady demeaning to women or anti equality? Why I don't see that in any way. This is pure political pandering. I guess it's like, why do people think? Equality means erasing distinctions. Like we yeah. can't have distinctions between men and women. That doesn't mean better or worse. They're different. They're complementary. No, they have to be the same thing. First partner. Okay. Good for Gross. you, Gavin Newsom and Jennifer Siebel Newsom. Um, I gotta see what she looks like these days. Uh, I don't. I mean, she just looks like a normal blonde lady to me. Didn't she used to be uh, with Kimberly Guilfoyle? Yeah, I think. He uh, was. Yeah, he was. He Gavin Newsom had some kind of scandal years back where he cheated on his wife, some sort of affair scandal. I forget. Did he cheat on Kimberly Guilfoyle with this chick? She's pretty hot. Could have been. I, I don't know huh. the exact details. Proceed. Remember, um, remember, what was it last summer? Yeah, it was summer 2017. We discussed Sarah Silverman's new show on yeah. Hulu called "I Love You, America." Uh, yeah, wasn't it, she just running around to different Midwestern states and making fun of people for being white trash? Basically, yeah. The premise is she visits rural red states in pursuit of understanding. Really, it's just her showing up and mocking people for being politically backward. <laughs> I have a quick cut of the uh, the trailer that we looked at uh, almost two summers ago now. Wow, that seems forever ago. But here's what that looks like. Her show I love trailer. You America, from sea to shining sea, from the East Coast to Yeah, that's easy for me to say. I mean, I can walk into any encounter with the police assuming they're going to serve and protect me. That's my luxury. That's called white privilege. Ah. A few years ago, I was sitting around and I go, wow, there's a real epidemic of cops murdering unarmed black teenagers. And then I realized that's not an epidemic. That's how it's always been. I'm just aware of it now because of social media. And I was so ashamed and I just want to be a good ally. How can I be a good ally? It's not my job to teach you how to be a good ally. Right. No, I know. You're right, of course. But there's no way I can know unless someone whose experience I could never understand is willing Sarah, to... Sarah, seriously? Take a class or something. I'm busy. I'm not all black people. I'm just me. I'm just Retta. I love that about you. Well, who could have foreseen this coming? I can't believe the show wasn't successful. Sarah Silverman tweets out Hulu canceled. I love you, America. And we're all pretty damn heartbroken. So in traditional Twitter funeral style, I'll be retweeting the love. I can't believe it. So recall the track record here. First, Chelsea Handler, Mm -hmm. then Michelle Wolf. Now Sarah Silverman. I'm sure these were just the wrong picks for for uh, leftist, elitist, Hollywood, out of touch women lecturing us on politics. Yeah, right. We got to try it again. Who's going to be next up? The only one who seems like she's succeeding is Samantha B. Which I don't even know how. She she's equally as bad. She's maybe the worst of them maybe all. Maybe the worst, right? I'd say but Michelle Wolf was the worst. Her views are out of control. Doesn't she have 800,000 subscribers? She crushes on she crushes yeah. on YouTube. I'm sure her show does pretty well on TBS. So she's like the the mold breaker. I don't know how it is that she's killing it and these other people in that same sort of genre are not. But it's almost as if women aren't funny or something like that. I don't know. I mean, when I saw that trailer, didn't we say it was going to last one season? Yeah, and it, it it lasted exactly that. It's done after one season. Mm. God. 
in other news of people who were disliked and are going away, or I don't know, we'll try that. Uh, Scott Israel, the Broward County Sheriff, who of course was embattled in the, during the Parkland shooting almost a year ago now. It does not seem like forever ago, but uh, yes, recall uh, Scott Israel was, um, uh, he got on stage at that CNN uh, town hall with Jake Tapper and Dana Lash from the NRA after Parkland, and he threw the NRA under the bus and Dana oh, Lash yeah. under the bus, yeah, despite yeah. his department missing repeated signs of danger in Nicholas Cruz, the shooter, and keeping his officers outside as the shooting development and all all the sort of failings that the Broward County Sheriff's Department had in the, uh, in the development of this case. Well, new Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspended Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel on Friday. So he's out. He's going to be replaced with... Uh, Gregory Tony, who's a former Coral Springs police sergeant, now Broward County's first black sheriff. Uh, recall, per the monkey up controversy, DeSantis <laughs> is very racist, but he still picked a monkey up sheriff for Broward County. He monkeyed up Broward County's <laughs> sheriff's department with Gregory Tony. Uh, with Israel, and recall, Brenda Snipes um, was, was ousted too by Rick Scott prior to his departure. So with That's Israel right. and Brenda Snipes out, perhaps Broward will improve. Who knows? We'll see if you can actually drain the Broward swamp. Good luck. Now, if only I had a good Ginsburg transition now, but of course it's been a rough uh, couple months for justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She had surgery to remove cancerous growths in her lungs after, um, and, and missed arguments this week. She actually missed her first days on the court in her entire tenure. As I understand the Supreme court announced Friday that Ginsburg will continue to work from home next week being this coming week. And her uh, recovery from the surgery is reportedly on track. Doctors have announced that Ginsburg has no remaining signs of cancer. Recall. She also fell in November and suffered rib fractures. Okay. This is getting ridiculous. Well, Reportedly, the White House is preparing for the worst, regardless of what the doctors say and and all that. Uh, It was reported by Politico, at least this week, that the White House is preparing for her departure, considering constructing a short list of justices for her replacement. So it seems like we're officially on, if we weren't already, Ruth Bader Ginsburg death watch, which I I find sort of unfortunate. I don't like being on death watch for any particular person. Come on. I'm totally happy about this. Nothing like cheering on the death of an old lady to improve my spirits. But, they, you know, this, sure. is, this is not the worst case scenario. This is inevitable. She needs to step down. This is this is ridiculous. She's missing oral arguments. She's really sick. She can't lift her head up. She's like yeah. a million years old. This is the problem with lifetime appointments. Why do we yeah. do this? And I was thinking about this. The The whole point behind lifetime appointments is so, is so that the justices are apolitical or not subject to political whims like an elected official would be. Mm-hmm. But I don't see why a li- you'd have to have lifetime appointment to maintain right. that ideally a political nature you could do 10-year terms yeah you could exactly do 20 you could have an age cap 25 year yeah that, that would be fine i mean we're put in a position where because this is such a monumental appointment that we you know kind of have to be happy yeah it's like it. it's like in one it, you can't avoid the death watch because on the one hand we've created a supreme court that is essentially all powerful the Supreme Court is nine unelected justices who basically say what the law is, is and isn't in this country. I see you laughing at something in the chat. Uh, and then RBG's because of the- cancer for person of the year 2019. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then because of the lifetime appointments, that's the irony is you can't tell me that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is being anything but a political actor in this case. She's mm-hmm. supposed to be apolitical. That's the point of her lifetime appointment. Her clinging to the court 
is itself politically political, motivated. right? It has to be. Your lady, you're dying. Go home. Be with your family. I, I'm not inside her head. I can't claim to be, but I'm going to be comfortable speculating yeah. that this is a politically motivated hang onto the last possible gasp of air such that Trump does not get another. Yeah, I said nomination. it before and I'll say it again. I've seen a lot of old women in my family die and spite keeps them alive for an extra <laughs> 10 to 15 years. I mean, honestly, she probably would have just let herself go and die if uh, if Hillary had been elected, don't you think? She might have retired immediately on the yeah. spot. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting hypothetical to think about. In other news, uh, because apparently Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to have to hold on to 2020. She's going to try. That's what it sounds like. Come uh, on. <laughs> the, the, uh, the Democratic field continues to fill out. So Tulsi Gabbard uh, announced that she's running for president this week on Van Jones's show on CNN. Tulsi Gabbard is a uh, Hawaii congresswoman. She's a uh, Iraq war vet, and she plans to feature her anti-war, anti-interventionist foreign policy as a uh, as a part of her campaign. She's been in Congress since 2013. Prior to that, she was a member of the Honolulu City Council and the Hawaii House of Representatives. And like clockwork, she is being scrutinized for progressive purity immediately on the spot because, you know, very important journalists over at the Huffington Post and elsewhere have identified Tulsi Gabbard's homophobic remarks that have surfaced in light of her 2020 presidential announcement. So it turns out that back in the early 2000s, I think like 2004, when she was in the Hawaii State House, she testified against a bill aimed at legalizing same-sex civil unions, saying uh, to try to act as if there is a difference between civil unions and same-sex marriage is dishonest, cowardly, and extremely disrespectful to the people of Hawaii. As Democrats, we should be representing the views of the people, not a small number of homosexual extremists. <laughs> and that's what they're really picking up on, homosexual extremists. Well, you would never be able to say that now. But Hillary Clinton has said things like that before, and nobody cared. Yeah. I mean... Fine. I'm just going to continue to cheer on whatever causes the destruction of their of their party. What yeah. are they doing eating their own? They should be like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, uh, her dad was uh, her father was a Republican city councilman in Honolulu, and he was a leader of the Alliance for Traditional Marriage and Values, which is another thing that they're beating her up for. It's like on the one hand, I hate this progressive purity testing. But on the other hand, you're running for the nomination of that party. So all I can say to you is. <laughs> Ha ha Nelson Muntz style. You deserve it. You've aligned yourself with these people. Enjoy yeah. your enjoy your purity testing. Um, right. And, and she knew your, she said that, too. She had to know it was going to come out eventually. Yeah. I mean, this was on the record as a legislator. Yeah, you're right. It's, this is a, a simple Googling on this is probably probably turn this up in five seconds. Yeah. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, consider the the policy positions of the Democrats uh, of the time. So this would have been the same position. Maybe they wouldn't have said homosexual extremists, but this would have been the same position of pe as people like John Kerry, who ran in 04. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, up until, you know, she put her finger in the wind and realized 51% supported yeah. gay marriage, so she switched. Barack Obama, Joe Biden, who it sounds like Biden's about to hop in too. All of these people, I, of yeah. all this purity testing, it's so infuriating to me that they go back like decades ago and with no consideration of what the norms of the time were and then assign today's morality as they see it onto people's right. actions of the past. And we see a lot of this with border security as well. I'm sure you've heard this, um, this Chuck Schumer 
what what he said about border security on yeah. 10 years ago it's just been yeah. playing nonstop on fox news i mean but but it's good to highlight that the democrats are really just playing to their base and the the political nature of their base is changing so yeah. we have to realize they aren't abiding by any internally held principles no uh i i need to come up with an award for i'm going to call it the martin o'malley who's that award <laughs> because do you do you remember who martin o'malley was if i put you Barely. on the spot okay i can't, I can't place the face here M- martin o'malley is that other guy who ran against uh who ran against bernie and hillary in addition to jim webb but martin o'malley lasted a little longer i believe he was the maryland governor and he's that other guy who ran it looks like oh, yeah. Is it Julian Castro or Julian Castro? That's why he's the perfect nominee for the Martin O'Malley Who's That Again Award That's 2020. Right. He's almost as forgettable as Tim Kaine. Yes. Yeah. And, and to, to demonstrate why Julian Castro, Julian Castro deserves this award, he was considered to be, uh, seriously considered to be Hillary's vice presidential pick, but got passed over for Tim Kaine. So <laughs> oh, they looked so at this depressing. guy and went, I think Tim. This boring, this boring piece of Wonder Bread toast is uh, is the guy we need over Julian Tim Castro. Kane. He's got one of those faces I can never recall. Even as I'm trying to think of what he looks like now, I can't. It's just a blur where his face should be. This guy, Martin O'Malley, also and Julian Castro. Yeah. he's got no brand recognition. What is he thinking? So if you if you forget who Castro is or was or whatever, whoever this person is, former Obama Housing and Urban Development Secretary. Uh, he's also the former mayor of San Antonio. And he did give the keynote address at the 2012 Democratic National Convention. Uh, so we'll see. I, this doesn't strike me as the kind of person who's going to win even one state. But who knows? This field is wide open. Can you beat Elizabeth Warren or crazy Joe Biden? That's all you got to do. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. Last piece of uh, last short story I have before we jump into the, um, the, the dueling speeches. Uh, this, this story came out in the New York Times on Friday. The New York Times ran an article that said the FBI has, or at least previously, opened up an investigation against Trump after Trump fired Comey to determine if Trump was an acting agent of Russia. Not just like colluding with Russia, but if he was working on behalf of the Russians. We're still talking about this. And you got to scroll down paragraph one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, big picture, Comey, eight, nine. Paragraph nine. No evidence has emerged publicly that Mr. Trump was secretly in contact with or took direction from Russian government officials. An FBI spokeswoman and spokesman for the special counsel's office both declined to comment. Okay, so in other words, bullshit story, but thank you for the fantastic uh, tale. We appreciate it. Now, Trump himself appeared on Judge Jeanine's show on Saturday to address this story specifically. And he said basically what you'd predict he would say. New York Times is failing. They suck. What a, what a pile of crap. That's what he said. So I'm going to ask you, are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most <laughs> insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. Uh, and if you read the article, you'd see that they found absolutely nothing. But the, the headline of that article, it's called The Failing New York Times for a reason. They've gotten me wrong for three years. They've actually gotten me wrong for many years before that. If you ask the folks in Russia, I've been tougher on Russia than anybody else, any other, probably any other president, period. I, I think it was a great insult. And the New York Times is a disaster as a paper. It's a, uh, it's a very horrible thing, they said. 
and they've gone so far that mm-hmm. people that weren't necessary believers are now big believers because they said that was a step too far. They really are a disaster of a newspaper. Well, so oh if God. you had to write a headline about how to characterize Trump's commentary there, what, what might you say? Trump unequivocally denies multiple times <laughs> that he's a Russian agent. Uh, close, close to what Media I'd actually published. Media I'd put this out. Uh, Trump doesn't deny he's a Russian agent when asked by Fox News Janine Pirro. Oh, Similarly, raw story. Trump, Donald Trump rages about being quote insulted, but won't deny being a Russian agent when asked by Fox News's Janine Pirro. I guess to their point, he never flatly denied it, but yeah. that seemed heavily implied by him calling the New York Times a failing pile of garbage, whatever, uh, people who had insulted him worse than anyone ever before. Seems heavily implied that he disagrees with the premise in a lot of that commentary, but he didn't deny it. Okay. Uh, Anyway, you ready to hop into the the big story of the week, the, the border debate? Yep. Did you get a chance to watch these speeches in full? I know you didn't catch them yeah, the night they aired. Yeah, I mean, they were only funny for or that they were only good for the comedic effect. I didn't really hmm. get any information here. Yeah, that's that's sort of why I was a little, I don't know. Disappointment is the wrong word. I guess I went into the Trump speech with expectations of like something longer and more detailed. Mm-hmm. And that clearly wasn't the goal yeah. uh, with which this was done. But on Tuesday night, well, I, I should back up a little bit. Of course, the, the government shutdown is now entering its third week over, of course, border uh, wall funding. And, uh, of course, federal employees have now missed their first paycheck as of Friday. But, uh, but remember, as is often not, uh, clarified on the news, they will receive back pay. I mean, I I understand. Thanks, Jack Conti. I understand some issues about inconsistent payment and, you know, having to plan for certain, uh, unpredictabilities that arise in your income stream. But yeah, these people are all getting paid. It's not as though the money's never going to reach them. It is inconvenient, but I don't think that it's quite the disaster that a lot of media make it out to be. Mm-hmm. That said, Trump decided to uh, to make a nationally televised address from the Oval Office on Tuesday night, of course, advocating for the wall. And he really emphasized uh, a few things. One, that border agents want it. He, he really made the case that it's not just me advocating for this. It's what border agents and, and people in charge of policing the border actually want. And he spoke mostly about uh, issues of crime, crime committed by illegal immigrants. He did speak to the economics of it, how to pay for it, what it means in terms of impacting our economy, those sorts of things. But here's a brief cut up of what uh, of what Trump had to say on Tuesday night. My fellow Americans, tonight I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. Our southern border is a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. In the last two years, ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of aliens with criminal records, 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 violent killings. Law enforcement professionals have requested $5.7 billion for a physical barrier. This barrier is absolutely critical to border security. It's also what our professionals at the border want 
and need. The border wall would very quickly pay for itself. The cost of illegal drugs exceeds $500 billion a year. The wall will also be paid for indirectly by the great new trade deal we have made with Mexico. The federal government remains shut down for one reason and one reason only, because Democrats will not fund border security. Some have suggested a barrier is immoral. Then why do wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside, but because they love the people on the inside. I've held the hands of the weeping mothers and embraced the grief-stricken fathers. How much more American blood must we shed before Congress does its job? Jimmy, thoughts on uh, on Trump's speech? I, I had some things to say about it. But. Um, I was happy with the why they build walls thing because it implicates yeah. them, but it doesn't. But he sounded like sympathetic to them as well. It's like, what are they supposed hmm. to say to that? They, I, they just can't I, address it. I think that was an excellent uh, destruction of one of their main points, that the wall mm-hmm. is immoral. That said, I think it's one of their least defensible points. Yeah. So I'm glad that he challenged on that. And I think that was probably the best part of his speech was that line right there. Mm-hmm. I wish the Democrats would have responded to it directly. Of course, they were back to back. So like, I don't oh, think shit. they even, yeah. they wrote what they were going to say before he even spoke, of spoke, course. Yeah. I would like to hear them respond directly to that destruction of their point. I don't know that we'll get to hear that. But the other thing that I... The other opportunity that I think he had that he did speak to a little bit, but I wish he would have addressed a little bit differently. So he he spent time talking about the economics of it, as we heard, in terms of saying um, it's going to pay for itself because we'll save all this money on not dealing with the cost of drugs crossing the border. And we have this new trade deal with Mexico that's going to pay for it indirectly. I don't I don't know how he's arriving at that. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't I don't know. But um I wish he could have charged the Democrat. I wish he could have called the Democrats bluff more on their claim, as we'll hear in a moment that, oh, we're just we're very careful about government waste and we want to make sure that this is actually going to do what it's supposed to. If you could have framed it in such a way that's like, I mean, it's it is a lot of money. It's not trivial. It's five billion dollars. But in the context of federal spending, in particular, the types of programs that Democrats are want to support, it's actually quite small. Mm-hmm. So if he, if you could have said, here's. Here's where five billion. Here's what five billion dollars looks like in the context of the gigantic spending programs they want on everything else under the sun, which are rampant with government waste. They won't allocate this tiny, tiny sliver to border security, which is one of the primary functions of government. I wish he just could have hit them harder on that. I think the way he went with it's going to pay for itself because of the drug stuff and the Mexican trade deal. I don't know if those are true or not. I just think they're weaker. I think yeah. you could, and they kind of grant the Democrats point about, not that they grant, they don't address the point about government waste. And I'm sympathetic to points about government waste, but not from Chuck and Nancy, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. They can't sell me that point, mm-hmm. but they're going to try to sell us that point right now, if you're ready. Yep. Much of what we heard from President Trump throughout this sense of shutdown has been full of misinformation and even malice. The president has chosen fear. We want to start with the facts. The fact is, on the very first day of this Congress, House Democrats passed Senate Republican legislation to reopen government and fund smart, effective border security solutions. But the president is rejecting these bipartisan bills which would reopen government 
over his obsession with for forcing American taxpayers to waste billions of dollars on an expensive and ineffective wall. Before I forget, pay attention to her dentures when she transfers over to Chuck Schumer. It's one of the funniest moments in politics you'll see. Awkward and hilarious. A wall he always promised Mexico would pay for. The fact is, the women and children at the border are not a security threat. They are a humanitarian challenge. Peter Schumer. Thank you, Speaker Pelosi. My fellow Americans, <laughs> we address you tonight for one reason only. The President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall, and unable to convince the Congress or the American people to foot the bill, has shut down the government. President Trump has appealed to fear, not facts, division, not unity. How do we untangle this mess? Well, there's an obvious solution. Separate the shutdown from arguments over border security. There is bipartisan legislation supported by Democrats and Republicans to reopen government while allowing debate over border security to continue. And of course, the memes made themselves. Just a sampling of some of my favorites here. Very good, yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, the face swap. Oh, no, the next one up is, is Red and Kitty from that 70s show. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. The face swap is haunting. The face swap. Ah! Is... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, boy. And of course, all of this comes after Chuck Schumer had tweeted out last week, Enough with the memes, Mr. President. Well, you know, go to this tweet over on Twitter. What do you see? A whole uh, aggregated collection of really high quality memes. Let's try to We're... stop the Internet. That Everybody knows that works every time. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Chuck Schumer. You can't centrally control the memes either. It's never going to happen. Uh, you have any commentary on Chuck and Nancy? Um, I mean, that was it just made me uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable watching that. Hmm. I actually think that that wasn't her dentures. I think she has Parkinson's disease. No, that had to be denture. No, or is it just... no. I think that she, it, it kind of causes you to like chew on yourself. Yeah, she's like licking her mouth all She does way. it all the time. I remember uh, in the State of the Union address, they panned over to her and she's just like chewing on the inside of her mouth. She has Parkinson's, but it's, is well, that I, confirmed? I don't know. No, it's not oh, you're Oh, you're just <laughs> you're yeah. speculating. I've heard from doctors that they think she has Parkinson's. Ah, so. I see. All right, well, whatever it is, it's weird. And it's I reserve weird. the right to laugh when I see it. And you're right about your eye being drawn to the person that's not speaking. Maybe that's what, <laughs> that's what makes it so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, so I, um, just a few things to say about this, too. As I said, I'm not going to take a lecture from these people on government spending, so I don't buy that argument at all. Right. Nancy said um, the women and children at the border aren't a threat. Uh, well, one, the people who are in favor of the wall, we're less worried about the women and children than we are about the men. And there are plenty of men with criminal intent. Yeah. So there's that. But also she's arguing against a straw man here. Trump himself, I had to cut the, the clip for time. But if you listen to the speech, he said the that women and children are frequently the victims in illegal immigration. And he also called it a humanitarian crisis. So he actually agrees with Nancy Pelosi that by and large, the women and children involved in illegal immigration are victimized. Yeah. He didn't make the case that they are a security threat. She's arguing against something that was never really said, and it's right. just kind of dumb. Um, I love that Chuck says, listen, we'll, we'll talk border after you fund the government. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Let's okay. take that deal. We'll trust you on that one, Chuck. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, overall, I think you're, the, the point you made earlier was was true. There's, this wasn't really an information battle, and maybe that's on me for expecting it to be like some new information thing that never really happened. If I'm going to give the president as much credit as I can here, I think the move was to fo- get these people out in front of the podium in their awkward fashion and force them to defend their position. Right. And I think they their position largely sucks. I don't think it's a good position to defend. Mm-hmm. That said, I don't think Trump's attack was as tight as it could have been, but it's still, it's not as though I was persuaded to the Chuck and Nancy side either. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's not going to happen. Plenty of reaction uh, from media and political figures on this. I was watching the NBC coverage of this. That's where I tuned in uh, on Tuesday night and Lester Holt was offering, I guess, fact-checking. All the media were so committed to their fact-checking of Trump's speech. They're all going to be hero live fact-checkers. Lester Holt offers this talking point, which just drives me nuts. When I heard him say this after the two speeches, I just, I, 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 I just get pissed off every time I hear it. One of the many headlines of the president's remarks will be his doubling down on the issue of security and crime, despite the fact there's no evidence suggesting that uh, immigrants uh, create any more crime than native-born Americans. Let's hear what the president had to say about that. Okay. So, first, not immigrants. Illegal immigrants. Second, by definition, all of them are criminals because they're illegal immigrants, meaning they violated the law in coming here. But third, even if you mean crimes beyond their border hopping, even if they're not doing anything criminal once they get here, the rate is irrelevant because they have no right to be here. So one crime committed by someone who has no right to be here is too many. They're not entitled to the same freedoms that citizens are entitled to. I I totally agree. And I know the study that they're referring to um, saying that even immigrants, not illegal immigrants, commit less crime and I would even challenge that if you do a racial breakdown, you're going to see that like Asians are not committing as much crime. I, I, I don't think that they have the right idea about this, this mm. entire study. So I would even challenge that. I mean, the, the point is not to like, even if you could show me a study that says, look, all illegals don't do any sort of criminal activity outside of the border. The point is we reserve the right to vet them. We have, we have the right to our sovereign decision about whether, whether to let people in or not. Uh, so I guess my, my question for Lester is like, if there's no crime or if there's less crime than the general population, that means everyone can come in. Is that the standard you're advocating? Yeah. Seems to be the standard that, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is advocating when she appeared on Maddow right after this. And uh, she gave probably what I think are the most insane comments of this entire episode. Here's what she had to say. We have to make sure that we get our facts straight. Everyday immigrants commit crimes at a far lower rate than native-born Americans. And not only that, but the women and children on that border that are trying to seek refuge and seek opportunity in the United States of America with nothing but the shirt on their backs are acting more American than any person who seeks to keep them out ever will be. So the illegals are the real Americans. That's huh. how far we've come. The how illegals are the real Americans. I don't know. It's, it's, there's some twisted logic there. It's like, if, unless you're for open borders, you're un-American, is what I gather in what she's saying there. If you're trying to stop these people from coming here, whether it's a wall or anything, she didn't right. make a wall-specific statement, you're un-American. So I guess the follow-up question would be, if not for borders, what does it mean to be American, though? Like, is there she an America... 
it's a mentality. It's an idea, which is um, bullshit. I su- Maybe there's some truth to that. I, I do believe there are values, but there but is you also... you have to be within this nation also holding those values. I mean... I guess. Uh, otherwise, I mean, if that's the only definition, then if you believe in these values and you're in, I don't know, Kenya or something then you're American because you believe in American values. That's right. not the way it works. I don't know. I, 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 I don't need to waste time trying to figure out exactly what she's talking about here. Jim Acosta. She doesn't look insane at all in any of these videos. <laughs> she always gets very unfortunate still frames. Although that one's not that bad. Last week was way worse. I don't know. I'm sympathetic to that because when I'm editing, I'm always like, oh my God, does my face <laughs> look like that? <laughs> Terrible. Jim Acosta decided he would go down to the border uh, and look at a steel slat border fence in McAllen, Texas. And uh, Acosta noted while he was there, there's no crisis. There's no crisis here. It's actually quite tranquil. Here's Jim Acosta at the border. And here are some of the steel slats that the president's been talking about uh, right here. Uh, As you can see, yes, you can see through these slats to the uh, other side of the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, But as we're walking along here, we're not seeing any kind of uh, imminent danger. There are no migrants trying to uh, rush toward this fence uh, here in the McAllen, Texas area. As a matter of fact, there are some other businesses uh, behind me along this highway. There's a gas station, Burger King, and so on. Uh, But no sign of the national emergency that the president has been talking about. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's pretty tranquil down here. Hmm. There's one place where there are no illegal immigrants trying to break through. and Is that evidence that there's no crisis here is that what he's trying to say that's what it sounds like i mean it should be noted that mccallan is the headquarters for border patrol for the entire rio grande region so in other words it's peaceful tranquil there's no crisis at the place where there's a physical barrier and border patrol lots of border patrol thanks Uh, jim acosta yes therefore i guess there's no crisis anywhere i i don't know if that's the conclusion he wants us to believe, but a lot of people had fun with what seems to be his reasoning. There's any number of parodies that were posted on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, all over social media. The first one I saw was quite funny, and there were a million more. So, uh, if you know, there's plenty more out there to check out if you're interested. But this one was from um, uh, the Hill and Daily Caller opinion writer Eddie Zipperer, who uh, perfectly parodied Acosta's reasoning this week. Good morning, I'm Eddie Zipper, and I'm reporting from ground zero for global warming. Uh, It's about 30 degrees outside this morning, and as you can see, my breath is clearly visible in the air. Uh, Many of the cars behind me are covered in frost, which is a sign of cold. So, no sign here of the global warming crisis that Democrats have been talking about. Back to you, Jim. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so the, the, a lot of people had a lot of fun with that. Those were very uh, funny and creative. Last uh, bit of reaction I have is from none other than Senator Dianne Feinstein, who gets the award for maybe weirdest tweet of the year in this young year for me. Uh, fact check, she says, nearly half of all undocumented immigrants come to the United States legally, but then overstay their visas. A border wall would do nothing to curb their visa overstays which is a pretty weird way of saying more than half of illegal immigrants or people in this country illegally come here by crossing the border illegally. Yeah. That's what she's saying. (laughs) And and, I mean, beyond the silly reasoning too, it's like, I'm pretty sure most people in favor of the wall would also be in favor of getting visa overstays under control. 
it's not either or, but she's saying nearly half when in fact what she's admitting to is the wall would do something for more than half of people here illegally. That's what? an alternative reading of what she wrote, yeah. presumably. Just a weird thing to tweet, but you know, she's also senile. She's also she also has some kind of Parkinson's or denture licking disease. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't hold her to her weird tweets. Probably some intern actually. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's all I got to say on the border. You know, we're just going to, it doesn't seem like either side is really uh, interested in buckling here. I do think that Trump is going to have to hold his ground. I, I, I think it's going to be a major disappointment if he caves. I saw, um, and of course he's been talking about this emergency powers bit for a while, declare a state of emergency, do it that way. I saw Lindsey Graham this morning on one of the Sunday shows saying, here's what you do, Trump in good faith for Chuck Schumer and the rest of them open the government for a three week period to debate this. And then if nothing happens after the three weeks, if they still won't budge an inch, cause they they're calling for compromise, but it's like, what are you guys willing to compromise? Are you going to give them two and a half billion for the wall instead of five? Yeah. Or it's, if you give them zero, it's not compromise. But if there's no compromise reached, he says, then do the emergency declaration bit, which I would not be in favor of. I, for a variety of reasons, but, um, but, I'm also not in favor of the president caving. I think if he does this emergency declaration bit, one, it's very debatable whether that's within the scope of the executive power, but I think it gets shot down in the courts immediately anyway. Mm, I don't know. On the other side of it, maybe he would have that intent. Maybe he'd be like, well, I could do this knowing it's probably going to get shut down by the courts and still say I did something. I don't know. If demographic destruction of your country isn't a national emergency, then... I mean, come on. Yeah, but the the concept of the emergency is more like Acute. getting something yeah. done. Yeah, when Congress is like literally unable to act. This is an acute problem. I mean, maybe there's an argument there, but the other side of it is if you're going to do something like that, be prepared for the Democrats to do similar bullshit in the future. The next time you get when you get President Hillary and she wants to declare or, you know, you get President Ocasio and we have a global warming emergency and they need yeah. windmills everywhere and some such. Yeah, nonsense. that's true. What does Ann Coulter say about it? Do you know? I don't know. I actually haven't paid attention Live to chat. Queen Let me Anne. know what Ann Coulter says about this so I know what to believe. So we'll have to see where this goes. Um I, I wouldn't be thrilled about the executive action thing, but I'm really wouldn't be thrilled about the president buckling. I think that'll be Agreed. really, really bad for him politically. And I think there's a lot of people, presumably yourself included, that would be willing to punish him at the ballot box for such a move. Yep. Spiteful so. woman voting. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. So we'll see how this develops. No end in sight. Get to the Jamie Claus news coming up, but we should take a break beforehand, I suspect. Sure. I see Karen Strong in the chat again. Karen, oh, cool. why don't you come on our show? I hadn't emailed show, her Karen. back. I emailed her a little while back, but I haven't emailed her recently, so I'll have to get in touch. Everybody harass Karen Strong <laughs> until she sets a date with us. Maybe she uh, just doesn't want to. That's fine, too. I feel bad. I don't want to oh, pressure yeah. her. Huh. Maybe I shouldn't pressure her continuously huh. live on, on our show. Uh, Jeremy V says, here's for the Saints win. Glad we don't have to play you this year. Yeah, the Saints did win. And uh, well, what can I say about the Eagles Saints game? I hate them both. So I don't care who won that game or didn't. I hope both of them lose somehow. Sports. Yeah, Rick Moran is if the president chose fear, the Democrats chose pina coladas and suntan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good a one. Big donation from Volate. Uh, shout out to Recovering Ginger and the Denver Beauty and the Beta Crew. See you next month on the mm. 10th. Oh my gosh, this is a recurring thing. That's oh, they're so going to do a monthly thing. That's yeah. cool. 
All right. I expect you all up there, even if the weather is shitty, put on some snow tires and bundle up, motherfucker. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. That was, it was seriously, it was really cool to see. It was sort of a yeah. moment of realization for Blonde and I. It's like, damn, look at all these people who consider this stream or this show to be important enough that they'd want to meet other people who right, like it. And, right. Yeah, to build friendships around it and stuff. That's the. And then there was a couple yeah. that was made. Uh, on, in our show, right? Two people. Oh, never mind. I don't know if I. I don't know if I can share that or not. <laughs> Whoops! Moving you on. You guys know who you are. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Yukati Kahama. I don't know what that means, but it's probably something disgusting. Uh, thanks for all the great content, especially the long form podcast. Here are some of Wednesday's birthday money. You can buy Rhino Milk with Wrong Podcast. I should have referenced Epi Tome. Ah, well, well, thank you. Sharing us in your birthday is quite generous. We appreciate, we appreciate that it. very much. Happy Joseph birthday Shook. as well. Joseph Shook. Matt and I once made love, but this is my first time, so I wasn't creative enough to come up with something fulfilling. Gross. That's... You got it. Don't cheat Matt in that way. Yeah, we need a higher effort, man. Come on. <laughs> Ryan F. Off topic, am I crazy? Or weren't we about to get a Mueller verdict shortly after the election? The whole yeah. thing is like a TV series I can't stand anymore, but need to watch for the finale or some closure. I know it's lost all over again, isn't it? Yeah. Now it's um, March, I guess, is what they're saying. Whatever. It's but never nobody really happen. knows. Yeah, nobody really knows. They're engaging in serious confirmation bias. Uh, I, I don't know. It's never going to get wrapped up. But whatever. The longer that they carry this on, the less people care. So have at it. Tranny Bane, beauty, look at pictures of puppies, kittens, or whatever makes you feel warm inside when the cringe starts. <laughs> I know it's pictures of Ruth Bader Ginsburg hunched hunched posture is what makes you uh it does makes you it feel does happy these happy. days yeah, yeah. Uh, Rainier Chen was watching a gaming stream and the streamer started talking about why Bernie's politics won't work it was such a weird experience hmm. also have you guys gotten a chance to check out Asian capitalists yet have a good one guys I have not um so streamers are talking or gaming streamers are talking about politics these days if I did that I would just would never address it you don't want to alienate your audience yeah, that, that's my philosophy generally, although I sometimes talk sports on this show briefly and nobody's here for sports, so I'm kind of a hypocrite in that regard. But I do I think, guess. generally speaking, you got to know your audience. Yeah. If we just if we got online today and said, all right, we're going to break down the uh, NFL playoff games this weekend, everyone would be like, what the fuck? I didn't come here for that. And they'd leave. And I'd be like, I quit because yeah. I don't know anything. So, about you know, momentary aside, I think is fine. But generally speaking, it's wise to stick in your lane and give the people what they expect. Um, Josh Klein, love you guys. Here are my weekly shekels. Thank you, Josh. Thomas found out yesterday that Facebook auto liked a gay pride page that I had never visited. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's if how If they're that liking pages for people to push their progressive agenda, it might be worth looking into. <laughs> no, gay! Could be. That's crazy. <laughs> JW, I suggest you begin the intro 30 seconds into the stream. I want to hear the intro. It always ends up skipping the ad. My wife and I love your show and want to get every penny you most certainly deserve. I didn't know that. Um, if you watch live, sometimes it can be a little difficult. Uh, but the reason that I hesitate to do the like live, the kind of blank thing before live is like it's one more technical thing for me to manage. And also, if I were to do that, Blonde and I risk having a hot mic before I actually hit the stream button. Yeah. I can't risk it. <laughs> and like, we've nearly done that before. It's, it would be a disaster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boom, patter, patator. Uh, opinions on CNN attacking our troops for supporting Trump on his visit. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? I read it one more time. Uh, attacking Trump about the troop visit. To, for supporting was it... troop, uh, for, uh, for supporting Trump on his visits the troops supporting trump oh i don't know i didn't see the attacks 
I don't um, somebody know was holding a Trump sign, and then they like put it down when they realized the media was there. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I can't remember the specific. This was like a week ago. I'm like, what? Anyway, they kind of attacked the troops for supporting Trump openly. Oh, they they went after the troops. Weird. Yes. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I just don't know. Doesn't matter. Denver meetup was awesome. Shoving shekels your way to say thanks. Thank you. Yeah, this is cool. Hopefully we can cool. expand it. Travis Vaya going to talk about possible ratification of equal rights amendment. Worried it'll be one sided. I have some thoughts about it already. But do you guys have any points you think I should interject? In the I don't know a ton about it, but of the equal rights amendment. My understanding of its surface level is that this is uh, this is something feminists are advocating for to get explicit mention in the Constitution that the government shall not make distinctions based on gender, basically. This has already been interpreted into the 14th Amendment by the courts. So as far as I can tell, it's a moot point. I don't know why they want this other than so they as feminists can point to something they did and look and say, look, the Constitution now specifically mentions gender. Do these bitches want to get drafted? Shut up, you guys. Yeah. I, what are I, you doing? As a as a practical matter, I don't see what difference it would make in terms of how our law currently exists. I see none. So yeah. to me, that would be point one is redundant, unnecessary, waste of time. But maybe there's more depth to it than I don't understand. Uh, Zach says, I just moved to North Dakota for an oil gas job as an engineer, so I'm not sure how often I can donate. But here you go. Thank you. Well, um, how do I go somewhere to donate in lovemaking to Matt like the rest of the <laughs> I don't know. Ask Matt. His, he's just got a brothel going, an internet brothel. Uh, yeah, apparently. And uh, I hope you enjoy North Dakota. I do know some people who have uh, moved there in search, of, uh, in search of jobs and stuff, too. And apparently you can do really well there. There's communities that are popping up that... They got a like lot of money, Like oil and gas man. communities, right? And it's like all dudes. Yeah, they got a lot of money. A lot of that is right at close to the Montana border, too, in western North Dakota, eastern Montana. So good luck, man. There's there's a lot of wealth to be made there if you're if you're in the oil and gas industry specifically. Uh, let's just do a few more. El Jefe. Hey, Matt, if you're looking for some cringe, ESPN put out a video about finding people who posted mean tweets about kickers missing field goals and inviting them to try a <sighs> field goal. What? That's so stupid. I, send me that piece. Maybe I'd like to talk about it in video or something. It's like, I don't, yeah, if I criticize, if I rip a kicker for missing a field goal, that's his job though. My job yeah. is not kicking field goals. It's kind of like. Your audience ripping on you for sucking at politics. I guess. Although I'd probably still tell them, make your own show and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe I'm slightly hypocritical, but. I guess that's the point is you don't have to be better than someone at something to criticize them for it. Yeah. You know, that that's the point that would be made there. I'd like to see that piece if you have it handy. Um, let's just do a few more. Ryan Glowacki. Uh, there's one Keck and Pepe is his messenger. Mm. Keep the faith. Thank you. Far too hard. Speaking of drag hit Desmond, he's now on video mock snorting a date rape drug in oh, the yeah, presence of at least two adult drag queens. Yes. And one of them yeah. was a murderer. Yeah, I got some details on that, too. We haven't actually ever played that clip uh, on the stream, excuse me, but I, I have been aware of it for some time. And let's Ugh. just round Can't out with Karen burps, Strong sorry. right now. All right. I once made love with Matt, and he cried afterwards. That's probably why he's avoiding emailing me to be on the show. <laughs> oh, good her. for you. We'll be in touch, Karen. Thank you. Actually, uh, let's do one more. This is from BB. Um, yeah. Hey, BB. Just because been a while looking forward to your website and donations. I don't want to give you too much more. We understand. Thank you, BB. It's always a we'll pleasure. I, I just got guys. a few on Streamlabs. I'll, I'll 
run through here. Cameron says, uh, when we win, do not forget that these people want you broke, dead, your kids raped and brainwashed, and they think it's funny. Keep fighting the good fight, you two, and have a great week. Aggressive. That sounds like a accelerationist, <laughs> collapsitarian argument. I almost I I always forget the terms, you know. That's because we totally made them up. Yeah. Trevnor uh, says, thanks for your hard work, Matt and Blonde. Well, thank you. You guys keep the Canucks, the, this Canucks sane in the GTA. I don't know what the GTA is. I think Grand Theft Auto, but whatever. Uh, any tips on where to find good, like-minded, a good, like-minded woman in a large city? Uh, maybe organize a show group like they did yeah. in Denver and maybe that'll work. Uh, if that doesn't work, I don't know, man. It's tough to say. We, we talked about this last year quite a bit. It's tough out there to find. I guess what yeah. I would say is like, if you're going to go the online route or whatever, whatever route you, you choose, don't hide your values, make your values clear and apparent. And it might limit the pool for you in the oh, immediate... greater Toronto area. Ah, okay. Greater Toronto area. Got you. Thank you. I think Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yeah. Be, be upfront about it. And it might be, uh, if my experience is telling at all, it might be, um, kind of discouraging that you're not going to have a wide pool immediately because you've been upfront about a lot of things, but it only but takes one. It, yeah. And that's what I kept telling myself too. You, you have to find one. That's one. One is a success. That's all you're looking for. One is all you need. So you just kind of got to tough it out until then. But I would and even say if it's one in a hundred girls that are worthwhile, I mean, going on a hundred bad dates, to meet one woman that you spend the rest of your life with. That doesn't seem like that much footwork. Yeah. So just, just be upfront about it. Know what you're looking for and, and explain who you are and what you're about. And you'll, you'll find the right one eventually. Just got to stick to it and good luck. Uh, Matt Vicari says, who dat? I hate to give uh, saints nation some praise, but Hey, they won today. Good for them. And thank you, Matt. Redicus says, I disagree with you on the financial point you brought up. People don't care about waste because it is the invisible uh, problem. Nobody is considering. Plus Chuck, you, uh, plus Chuck, you can't seize the memes of production. Ah, the memes. Sorry. It's so hard to read on Streamlabs. <laughs> plus Chuck, you can't seize the memes of production and please Chuck and Nancy justify your position yeah i mean i'm not saying that the that the wall is inherently wasteful in fact i think it's probably pursuant to one of the most fundamental purposes of government i just don't like getting a lecture about waste from people who don't care about waste right, at all, at and, all. I think, and i think you can go after them hard for that uh, miles kinslow says uh you guys i don't understand the Democrats on immigration. The point is there should be no crime from illegals. Yeah, I agree. P.S. Jim Acosta is such a dick. Kellyanne should ignore him uh, until he apologizes. That was an interesting exchange between those two that I, I don't have cut up for tonight. But yeah, Kellyanne ripping Jim Acosta was pretty fun to watch. And Andy says, AOC looks like an SNL character. My uh, mental, my main mental sticking point with wanting young, fresh blood in the government is you're going to get uh, many, many AOCs. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, at some level, I was talking about this on a hangout prior to jumping on this. Like I admire there are, don't get me wrong. I think she's terrible to have in power, but there are aspects of her that I do admire. Like I, I like a little bit of youth, enthusiasm, curiosity, eagerness. I think that's a little bit refreshing. No, the, nope, the I wrong, want none of that. The other side of it. Well, I like it at, compared to the dinosaurs we have in like Schumer and Pelosi, but the, the, the unfortunate aspect of her is she's not, 
using that enthusiasm in a curious way to learn about the way the world works from well, yeah, leaders yeah. around the country. She's and saying, that's no, no, dangerous. I know. I know how it works. Give me the keys to everything and I'll run it. That's, well, she has that's the downside. The youthful idealism paired with a complete lack of basic economic understanding. It's totally yeah. dangerous. And that, and that's what is the defining characteristic of leftist millennials. It's like, yeah. this is what you guys wanted. You wanted a bunch of idealistic minorities that have no vested interests in America that know nothing about economics. Like great job. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. I'm not excited to see how this turns out. If more of her get to Congress, even though Which she will. I guess what I would like is people of her young enthused mode who have more traditionally American values. That's what I'd like to see. No, you need like a jaded person in their thirties, <laughs> like no people in their twenties. Like you have to have like, you heard a it, blonde sadness. for Congress. <laughs> a little <laughs> sadness behind you. Yeah. Like just the hope in her eyes. I just want to smash her face. Too much hope for government. Fair I know. Enough. Okay. Uh, ooh, how am I going to do this transition? Speaking of losing hope. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Jamie Kloss. Well, at least she has some renewed hope. This was not a story I paid a ton yeah. of attention to until this weekend. But my God. Crazy, what, right? what an incredible story and good for her, all things considered, that she is now apparently in the safe uh, custody of her aunt. But tell me about the facts of how this happened. Then I have some a clip from the press conference on Thursday about the, reco- uh, the recovery of her specifically. So let's listen to that before we hop into the details about the house and stuff. But. Sure. Um, so she was abducted, Jamie Claus, abducted from her home in Barron, Wisconsin in the middle of October. And that same day, her father and her mother were found shot dead inside the house. So when I heard about this initially, because she's 13, I was thinking, like, I wonder if she ran off with an older guy. She was involved in some plot to kill her parents because I've seen a million episodes of Dateline. So I'm like, all right, that's clearly what happened here. Mm. Um, But as time wore on, uh, they discovered that that was not the case. And they the police department confirmed on Thursday that she has been located. So I guess what happened was she escaped Somehow, we don't have the details on that yet. Um, she approached a woman that was walking her dog and she was like, I'm Jamie Kloss. I've been held in captivity. I need you to call 911. Um, so they arrested somebody, this like really creepy looking kid, Jake Thomas Patterson. He's 21. He's not really a kid. Um, yeah. And it seems that he has, he like staked out and targeted this family. I'm not really sure uh, as far as the relationship is concerned, but it seems to me like he probably knew the family in some way was familiar with them the police say no relationship though that's one of the yeah, weirdest things about know. this case he i think at a minimum he was probably watching the house yeah yeah like no relationship doesn't mean he didn't have plotted it out right, prior right. it just means like they weren't in communication i guess right so this that, patterson character has is in custody on the two charges of first degree homicide for the parents And then of kidnapping. And I don't know. I'm sure she was held as some kind of sex slave. So I think additional charges are to come. Yeah. Let's hear what the uh, the cops had to say in um, Wisconsin on Thursday. Here's uh, here's the press conference. My uh, agency received a 911 call about uh, 430 yesterday afternoon from the individual who was out walking her dog, said she was approached by a young female claiming to be Jamie Kloss. This lady immediately went to a nearby house, notified uh, that neighbor, and this neighbor called 911, and my deputies uh, responded uh, en masse immediately and identified Jamie as the uh, person that approached the neighbor. And a short time later, one of my patrol sergeants uh, 
happened to find a vehicle that matched the description that Jamie gave my deputies and pulled the vehicle over and uh, took the suspect in custody at that time. That suspect is Jake Thomas Patterson. He is 21 years old from Gordon, Wisconsin. He is currently being held on two counts of first degree intentional homicide for the murder of Jamie's parents and one count of kidnapping. Jamie was taken against her will and escaped from a residence at which she was being held and found help. We also do not believe that this time that the suspect had any contact with the family. We do believe Jamie was the only target. I can tell you that the subject planned his actions and took many proactive steps to hide his identity from law enforcement and the general public. Yeah, so we don't know what actually happened, but just to be clear, according to the police, she orchestrated somehow her own escape. It wasn't as yeah. though police got a tip and learned if she was at this address, it wasn't as though, uh, you know, somebody else bailed her out, a neighbor or something. She found her way out onto the street and we don't know how that happened yet. Now, I'm presuming that it's like some kind of jailbreak scenario, but we also don't know the relationship between this guy and her. It's maybe she tricked him. Maybe she, right. maybe their relationship was in fact better than we think it was. We just have no idea. And I'm fascinated to learn how she got out of this kidnapping scenario i don't know sometimes they can manipulate their way out of it um they can develop trust between yeah. one another and maybe she like was getting in an increasing amount of freedom and she wouldn't run away and so he started to trust her a little bit more and then once she got a real opportunity she did hmm. um i don't know i mean we don't know anything about it I i'm amazed that she's alive this almost never happened so that's yeah. a great news but as far as the abductor is concerned, this is more evidence for that pedo head shape of which I speak. <laughs> I'm telling you, phrenology is real. Let me make sure to, we got to, all right, and analyze for me what's going on here. <laughs> I have to pull up the picture. Hold on. Okay. Is it too round, too egg-like? I think he's chinless too, isn't he? he? I think he shaved his head for like disguise purposes, I had read. His hair was previously longer or something like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the same kind of pedo head shape as Desmond's dad. But, or Michael Avenatti, or that's or criminal head shape. He has a criminal head shape. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, look how round it is on top. He's got no brain pan. Look at that. <laughs> Chinless. Yeah. yeah, that that's a pedophile's head, a pedophile's gotcha. egg head. Michael Avenatti, though, does have an egg head and a blockhead. You heard it here. Pedophilia charges forthcoming for <laughs> uh, Jake Patterson. Yeah. Uh, can confirm. So her okay. aunt, as I mentioned, Jamie's now in the custody of her aunt. And I don't know if it's her dad or her mom's sister, one mm -hmm. of the two. But um, but apparently she's in the custody of her aunt now. And her aunt posted to Facebook, in addition to this picture of the two. Now, this is Jamie after her recovery. So this is within the last couple of days. Um the aunt said on Facebook, Jamie had a pretty good night of sleep. It was great to know she was next to me uh, all night. Uh, what a feeling to have her home as a family. We will get through all the healing process Jamie has. It will be a long road, but we are, um, but we are family strong and we love this little girl so much. We will do anything and everything. My beloved sister, Denise and brother-in-law, Jim can rest in peace. Those are her parents who were killed, obviously. And I keep assuring them Jamie is safe and will make them sure forever. We all miss them both dearly. And we know, um, and we know their Jamie, which was there the whole time, is home with family. God is good. Bless you all, uh, in addition to this picture. So I take that to mean, too, because it was believed prior that Jamie actually was was home at the time of her 
parents murder. At least mm-hmm. that seems circumstantially likely, whether or not she even witnessed it. But it seems like that's confirmed here in the aunt's post. Like she was there. She saw it. I mean, imagine trying to just go on with a normal life as a 13 year old girl with all the other, I mean, just, you know, yeah. we were all super, super awkward and hated the world at 13. Yeah. It's just awkward to be a teenager and just a terrible time in your life generally. But now she's had to do her 90, endure 90 days in captivity and presumably witnessing her parents' murder. On top of that sort of thing, you just got to hop into a normal life after the fact, I guess. I know. I hate to introduce skepticism to this because if she is just a little girl that has been sexually enslaved for 90 days, and I'm going to act like maybe she had some part in this. But we can't discount that maybe she did have a relationship with this guy. It, it, it is the most glaring hole in this story to me is the idea that there was no communication between this guy and the family or Jamie, that she was just picked out at random. I'm not saying impossible. Uh, If that's what happened, that's what happened. But I will be very interested to see as more information comes out. We did get more information this afternoon, or actually just like an hour or two before live. There are actually reporters at the house in which Jamie was held custody with some pictures too. So to give you an idea of what's going on here in terms of this house that she was at, it's it's some uh, 200 feet off the road in a wooded area. Remember, this is very rural Wisconsin. I think this town is like, Less than a thousand people, small small town Wisconsin. According to this New York Post report, the property is littered with junk cars, rusty bikes, and garbage. Through the windows, reporters could see a book titled U.S. Armed Forces Survival Guide and an open Monopoly board game on the floor. Out back, this is kind of telling, uh, an empty but new-looking package of 80 female adult diapers in a trash pile. Oh, God. Which would, I mean, you put two and two together, presumably that's for her. Uh, Patterson, the kidnapper, used to live in this cabin with his father and brother, but his dad transferred ownership to Superior Choice Credit Union on October 23rd, eight days after the abduction. Authorities say Patterson acted alone, but that does seem highly Suspicious. coincidental Yeah, that that Patterson's family wasn't involved in this in any way. Yeah. So th- somehow the, the home transferred ownership after the abduction, like a week yeah. after the abduction. That seems... Very odd. Like the dad of this guy is like making some kind of deal on the home in which there's a 13 year old girl, girl kidnapped and being held against her will all the while he knows nothing about it. How is that possible? Like, how are you selling or transferring the home? There's definitely more to this story. I mean, details Mm. will be revealed in the next, in the next few weeks. Yeah. The adult diapers thing does lend to the captivity theory. Yeah. I mean, presumably if they were, if she was there on her own accord and hanging out willfully, that would not be necessary. Right. Um, so I, I mean, I have, I have a lot of questions, but it's like, uh, I, I'm most excited to see, to learn how she escaped, what the terms of that were. The, there's a more aerial images of the, of the home in this New York, uh, New York post report. It looks like it's one level, but I can't confirm. Like, was there a basement? Was there like a dungeon in this place? That's what I want right. to know. Or did she live in this top floor. We don't know that. Um, I I've seen conflicting reports of Jamie's condition. Now in the picture with her aunt, she looks like she's in pretty good shape. All things considered granted that's physical. That's not mental. I'm not trying to diagnose her or clear her of anything, but the police said she was in generally good shape. The photo on Facebook looks pretty decent. Like I said, all things considered, but the people who recovered her say she was really thin and run down. She hadn't had it like she looked like she hadn't had a bath and the whole time uh, she was recovered wearing big shoes, big men's shoes that weren't hers, implying that she had taken them from this guy or something like that. So 
yeah, I mean, we just we just don't know about the nature of the relationship between this guy and her. And I'm really fascinated to learn um, about this. And then, of course, the biggest question mark of them all. Jamie was specifically targeted per the police officers, but Patterson had no connection to Jamie or her family. So how or why did he pick her? What what is that link? Will be fascinating to see. There's a, um, obviously with a minor involved, a lot of the the police and the family, they're asking for privacy and they don't want media banging down their door and trying to get to the bottom of all this. And I'm, I'm totally sympathetic to that sort of thing too. Mm-hmm. I hope maybe we'll learn more, but it's not as though I want this, you know, the last thing I want for this girl too is to have all, you know, the same type of crazy media that we see going after politicians and the like going after her. Like yeah. let's, let's give this girl some space and maybe we'll learn more about it in the future. All right, that's all I got to say on that. If you, uh, unless you have more, we can move on to the to the gender studies hoax professor. Let's talk about that. We uh, we discussed this on the show in the fall, I think maybe back in October or somewhere in there. But um, but you'll recall there were these uh, professors in. Um, well, I guess they're from all over, but one of them was uh, Peter Bogosian, who is a philosophy professor at Portland State University. And if you remember the experiment, of course, they wrote a whole bunch of hoax gender studies papers to submit to these gender studies journals to test the integrity of the peer review at these journals. Mm -hmm. Shock of shocks, the results showed there's no integrity or very little integrity to the peer review. So recall some of the highlight pieces that they actually got published. There was... um, there was one paper that made the case that dog humping in Portland dog parks was demonstration of patriarchy and toxic masculinity at play. They rewrote famously, of course, Mein Kampf with gender studies language. They just literally plagiarized Mein Kampf and inserted like gender studies buzzwords instead of the Uden or whatever else, which to me was a big problem. One, because like it, it shows that it, it shows the lack of integrity in the peer review process from just the veracity of the work. Like, is it good work or not? But two, it, if I understand correctly, it basically was plagiarized. It was almost word for word. And even that got through, like that's a plagiarism problem in addition to a intellectual integrity problem. (laughs) Okay. So as I said, uh, Peter Bogosian was one of the guys who spearheaded this and he's now under investigation by the Portland state university institutional review board, which is accusing him of violating policies on the ethical treatment of human test subjects in the course of his experiment, which makes it sound like he's some kind of crazy doctor, you know, probing people in a basement somewhere. Really what they're talking about is his treatment. The test subjects in this case are, the peer reviewers looking at the work because they're saying he misled them or something to that effect. He received an email from the, um, from PSU vice president, Mike McClellan, which says, quote, your efforts to conduct human subjects research at PSU without a submitted nor approved protocol is in clear violation of the policies of your employer. So the idea here is that if you're doing any research at Portland state university, whether it's on humans, whether it's on animals or anything, you have to basically submit your research plan to this IRB, this review board, and they will have oversight over it. Now, it gets a little tricky or odd because, of course, this really didn't have anything to do with Bogosian's job or field of study. He's a philosophy guy. It's not as though he's going to uh, presumably like link this in his professional publications as part of his tenure as a professor. Right. That said, the policy at Portland State says... The IRB needs 
to have, or you need to have approval from the IRB to do any type of research, not just like research that's specific to your professor career. So we'll see how this um, plays out. Speaking to this reason author, Bogosian declined to comment, saying he's overwhelmed at the moment and will answer questions at a later date. Uh, project partner Helen Pluckrose also declined to comment. Uh, the third project partner, James Lindsay, tweeted that the I, um, that IRB approval in this case would have been impossible because the administrators would not have sanctioned the project and seeking their approval may have blown their cover, which seems like a reasonable thing to say. Obviously, given the probable political proclivities of this board, and if and you know if they have prior knowledge that they're going to send this stuff to these gender studies publications, you'd think an email might be sent out. Hey keep an eye out for these kind of papers. And then the whole right. thing is ruined, you know? Yeah. Um, in a video uploaded to YouTube, Bogosian speculates he will be in serious trouble um, for this supposed ethics breach, a trouble that could in fact threaten his job. So here's what he has to say about what's, uh, what's going on. What could they potentially get you on? Here? Ethics violation, professional misconduct. And what would that mean for your job? That's it, it's over. I mean, they have a range of things they can do, a range of sanctions and penalties they can apply. They can apply. Um, my guess is that you don't pull someone before the IRB to slap their wrists. It just doesn't happen. You get a meeting. Yeah, you get a meeting because they, it's a serious breach of ethics. That's the whole reason for the IRB. And there's a good reason for that. There's a, it's good that we've set up that system. But now they're including this under that umbrella. Hmm. Uh, it should also be noted that academics, high-profile academics, including Steven Pinker, Richard Dawkins, Jordan Peterson, Gad Saad, and others have all urged PSU, Portland State, not to punish Professor Bogosian. Right. I mean, obviously it's absurd. Um, that being said, this is completely expected, and he had to know that this was going to be the obvious outcome of him hmm. doing this. That also yeah, being I, said, I appreciate what, what he's done. It, it totally blew apart peer-reviewed um, articles, which we all knew peer review, the peer review standard was absurdly low. Yeah. It, it is interesting. The point you're making, it's like you're, you're demonstrating the, uh, the total political bias of a particular discipline or maybe potentially academia in general. And by doing so, you're going to become the victim of that political persuasion, that right. political bias. Right. Yeah. Um, Assuming that this board actually stays faithful to the spirit of its policies, which is a broad assumption, a, probably a foolish assumption in the context of today's college campuses. And of course, I don't know what they say in their specific policies. I can only speak to generalities, but I was just considering these charges in my head. One of them is falsifying data. They're saying, oh, you, you falsified data in your... Well, that's not really true. They invented scenarios that don't really represent data they didn't misrepresent right data that it's when you're talking about falsifying data what they did is not actually to the spirit of what that sort of ethics breach is about like it was never the team's intent to fabricate the data on which the study forms its conclusions like the the like it involves some trickery but this type of let's put it this way uh falsification is part of the experiment and not the end of the experiment. You right. know what I mean? Like you're, you're not, when you're talking about falsifying data, it'd be like, um, I conducted a public opinion poll on X, Y, or Z, and this is, this was the results. And here's all my methods. When in fact you never did 
such a poll at all, and yet you're forming conclusions about it. In this case, they're not forming conclusions about dog humping in Portland parks or about right. Mein Kampf. They're forming conclusions about the way the subjects of the experiment, if you want to put it that way, reacted to or interacted with that type of stimulus. So I don't agree that it's it's an ethics breach of falsifying data in the way that those policies are typically crafted. I agree, yeah. But then on the unethical treatment of hu human subjects, I really need to hear this case. I'd like to hear it because these human subjects, as far as I recall, they were never named. It's not like they said, ha ha, this idiot over at Gender Studies Monthly accepted this, if I, re if I recall. Did you, do you remember ever seeing anything like that, a specific mm -hmm. individual named? I don't. So I don't see like a privacy issue or anything like that. Um, other than that, the human subjects issue would be about, I guess, the material that was submitted to them. But these human subjects consented to the review of academic material, and that was sent, what was sent to them, and that's what they did. I don't see how that's unethical. I don't. Uh, were they forced to do it? Like, were they <laughs> they didn't sign up to review journal uh, nominations or, yeah. or potential germ, journal pieces, and they got them anyway? I don't see how that's deceptive necessarily, at least deceptive in the way that type of policy is generally crafted. Like it's your job to review this for veracity, for integrity. Mm -hmm. You didn't do that. I mean, is it, I guess it, would it be unethical to submit shoddy work you generally believe in? That would be the conclusion that no. you'd have to say. You <laughs> no, genuinely I, I, believe I totally that, I should say. Right. But, but I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. But I'm probably, I'm probably, missing the forest for the trees here, so to speak, because I'm assuming that they're trying to punish him in good faith according to their policies, when, to your point, of course, this is probably just political gamesmanship and not actually, uh, not well, actually seriously. They're probably mortified. This yeah. It's so I embarrassing. I said, well, but is it for like Portland State's leadership? They don't have a no, stake I suppose in this necessarily. Not. Yeah. I don't understand why they'd be so embarrassed. Academics stick together, though. And, and honestly, based the, the results of this experiment should make some people embarrassed. You should be, if you're in the gender studies discipline, you should realize, wow, uh, actually we do have a tendency to give a green light to total crap. Maybe we should try to clean it up with some objective standards for mm -hmm. what is actually good quality work instead of just accepting whatever buzzword ridden nonsense people send us. Yeah. That would require a little introspection though. And of course that's not a hallmark of the left. Uh, Moving on in the interest of time, because, wow, the time just escapes me, but Starbucks, of course. Duh. We followed, followed that story for the last year. They, they were very racist in kicking out two black guys who, didn't use, who wanted to use their bathroom but didn't want to buy anything and wanted to loiter until their friend got there. So those guys got free college tuition, and they set up some fund for... At ASU, though. Arizona State. Hopefully they get to go to some sweet parties, I guess. <laughs> There were, uh, Starbucks conceded a whole bunch of financial points. And the, the big um, takeaway from that, too, was that they're going to open up their bathrooms to everybody. You don't have to be a customer, which isn't necessarily a How huge issue in, like, my neck of the woods or maybe your neck of the woods. But in your old neck of the woods, where there are a lot of, uh, I don't know, you could describe them better than I could. But people who have uh, drug... human street garbage. Yeah, with particular drug needs, especially. Yeah. They're going to utilize these bathrooms for their um, for their purposes. And so obviously what has happened at Starbucks, and we even spoke to this a little bit, um, what was it, like a month or two ago? Uh, 
there was that story of those Starbucks baristas in Seattle who were being pricked by needles yeah, when taking right. out the garbage and they were filing these complaints with the like, you know, Washington Department of Labor and elsewhere. Well, they got some momentum going. They got a big petition about getting this cleaned up at Starbucks. Starbucks has to do something about it. I remember in the piece they said, like, I just want to bar- I just want to be a barista. I don't want to risk having to get AIDS as part of serving coffee and that sort of thing. So uh, so Starbucks has responded. And as we noted at the top of the show, it's not, uh, hey, let's let's reverse this insane bathroom policy. It's it's, it's not, uh, hey, let's not allow shooting up drugs in yeah. our Starbucks stores. Instead, the uh, the policy Starbucks is embracing is they're going to put uh, these these safe needle disposal sites in a lot of their bathrooms where this is a problem. So apparently, uh, these things are, these are boxes made of rigid plastic that help to reduce the risk of getting pricked. I'll tell you right now, these uh, these junkies. Well, maybe you could tell me better. You've dealt with them more recently and more frequently. If they have a safe disposal site, does that stop them from just throwing them in the regular garbage anyway? In the garbage? Are you serious? They just throw them in the street. Oh, so even that's too generous? Yeah. <laughs> that Even that's too clean for them? And that's the thing is like, the idea that you're that the that the bums, the drug bums, are gonna uh, be responsible enough to say, "Well, yes, I'm a drug addicted hobo, but I believe in being responsible, so I'll use the Starbucks bathroom as my needle disposal site." Now, your your baristas are gonna be at just as much risk going forward. The problem might actually get worse, as we've seen in Seattle and San Francisco and the rest of these places. The more you enable this type of degeneracy, the more of the degeneracy you get, not less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I, I find it fascinating that Starbucks sees these kinds of problems and they're going to get worse. And instead of reversing their idiotic decision, they think, well, maybe the problem is that we didn't enable these drug addicted hobos enough. We need to do more for the drug addicted hobos so our coffee houses can flourish and be as tolerant as possible. So I don't know. Watch this space. I'm excited to see how the Starbucks story develops. <laughs> yes, you might get AIDS in the bathroom at Starbucks, but at least you won't be racist. That's that's what you can say about getting your coffee there. Are you ready for your Lactatia update? No. Maybe we could just go through these stories and we'll we'll circle back with Super Chat to close the show if that works. Don't make me do that. For some reason, I thought that there was an accompanying clip to this star this uh, Starbucks bathroom thing. No, I don't. I don't have any video. By the way, I, I should mention that if you go back to our shows where we talked about this, we predicted this exact outcome. This is such an obvious. I should have gone back. I don't even remember what show it was. We've talked about this multiple times, but like this is clearly what was going. on. Yeah, I mean, of all the things I could pat myself on the back for, this would not be prediction one that I would go to because this was probably the easiest prediction ever in the you know, to make. So I don't feel that proud of it. Yeah, Anyone but how could've... can Starbucks leadership not see that this is clearly what's going to happen? Just don't cave. Everybody remember Roseanne if you get in PR trouble and you want to cave. It's like just ride out the storm. Everybody will forget about it in 48 hours and do nothing in the interim. Like idiots. Stop throwing scholarship money at like these these blackheads and stuff. Are you're, you're going to make me talk about lactation? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> yes. Don't Thank you remember you last the... week? You nearly destroyed me. Thank you for that excellent transition. I know. But in um, but in this case, if there's any uh, solace for you, any comfort, we don't actually have a video clip, so you won't have to en- endure that. Ah, thank God. But. Of course, with all this Desmond talk lately, we've almost forgotten about his rival 10-year-old drag queen counterpart, Lactatia, from Canada. I didn't forget. On Monday, 
And Lactatia is the one, the one who has the like um, septum ring mom, the like piggly nose mom that really drove you crazy. That's Lactatia. Single mom, right? Uh, no, I think she had the one dad. The vest wearing the dad. The vest wearing the dad. Vest, that's right. On Monday, Lactatia was featured in a Huck magazine piece. One of the photos that did not make the cut for the piece featured Lactatia in full drag makeup and a black dress posing next to the season seven winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, Violet Chachki. Violet is wearing uh, nothing but high heels and a small piece of fabric covering his genitals. There's, there's your full picture in Huck magazine. Um, in, in the piece, Lactatia's mother concedes there is a sexual component here, so maybe we're making some progress. Uh, says, um, says Lactatia's mother, quote, drag is an adult arena, so that's where people question our judgment. So we have had to censor things. He knows there are adult aspects of drag that were not allowed to apply to his show. We would never try to overtly sexualize our child. Of course not. Look at this photo. Really? But if he wears something that makes him feel beautiful, what right do I have to stop him wearing that dress or from wearing right. that dress? You're the parent of a minor and you don't just let them do whatever you want. Oh my God, that kid has clearly already been raped. What right do I have to stop him from wearing that dress because it might cause people to think things they shouldn't be thinking? It's a circular problem. No, uh, no, it's not. I, this is the same sort of weird projection that Desmond's mom did where it's like, if you are sexualizing my child, that's on you. That's your problem. Like you're putting your child on sexual display, though. Is that is that my problem? I'm the crazy one here. OK, good for you, uh, Lactatia's mom. But that's the only piece of the update that I have. We've already talked Desmond to death, so it's like all the points have already been made. The only new point here is that this rivalry is going to continue. I can't, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll all so get together horrible. on an episode of Jerry Springer and fight it out or something like that. Uh, no, I mean, we need to get gladiator fights back together and then in an arena all cheer while Desmond and Lactatia's parents are being ripped apart by various animals. <laughs> This is, this is seriously fall of Rome shit. Like I look at this and I'm like, like what what are we even doing here? Yeah, we should just prep a bunch and then have a million kids and retreat to our own lives and just wait yeah. For you know what you fall. need to do? You need to build a farm in Idaho that's very nice and pastoral, green pastures, horses, all that. Think of it like a farm where um, the stud horses or you know the horses go to retire, that sort of thing. Instead, it's for like recovering lactations. You can make a positive, con yeah. you know, a, a major contribution to the world by being the the safe house for Desmonds and lactations after their parents have been ripped apart. At yeah, the, uh, and then reintroduce the them to society in a way that they never have any connection to their old life. Like they'd be unrecognizable. Hmm. Well, so as we've said many times, I don't look forward to seeing how these poor young boys develop. Circle back in eight years, ten years, I think you're going to have some really bad outcomes. I mean, I hope that they've murdered their parents and not committed suicide. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's we, we kind of say this stuff in jest, and it's like, it, it's, it's like kind of a joke, but kind of not. Like, I will not be surprised to see death of some sort as an outcome in these cases and i yeah. and that's that's really sad that, that's not even like a haha -ha type thing i'm not trying to poke fun at that it's like as we've said many times i think your number one role as a parent is to help your child make sense of the world help your child navigate the world and when you do a disservice like this to not explain to them 
It's not that you force them into gender roles, but to introduce them to gender roles such that the world makes sense to them. You've done a huge disservice. If you put your kid out there at like 18, 20, whatever, they realize my parents, not only did my parents not explain anything to me, actually what they explained to me was totally wrong and has made me ill-prepared to exist in this world. You're going to be filled with resentment, hate, anger. Rightfully so. Your parents botched their one job. So uh, yeah, bad outcomes come out of that sort of thing. It's not, none of, they always characterize it as like hate and stuff and forcing kids into boxes. It's not about forcing kids into boxes. It's about explaining the way the world operates. And if you don't happen to fit into that operation, we'll figure that out later when you're old enough to comprehend it more fully. But if I, I reject the idea that you or I, or anybody listening to this, or anybody in our audience is forcing kids into boxes. No. We're helping kids understand the boxes. You're the one. Their parents are the ones cramming them into boxes. Yeah, and you don't have to go along with every child's random whim. I've been around a lot of little kids lately, and they say, like, totally insane stuff, and they have of imaginary course. friends. And it's it's like playing into their imaginary world, you, you can only do it to a certain degree. But when you start to tear down existing social constructs that will help them make sense of their budding sexuality and things like that, you're – you're screwing them up for life and they're always they're always going to have issues with relationships and with sex. Yeah. And yeah. lord knows what is happening to these kids in these like gay nightclubs or whatever. Like you think you could get over being raped when you were 9 or 10 years old. That's that's that sticks with you for life. I don't know, but Desmond, you saw it here, the ante has been upped. You got you got to get on it. You got a top lactation now, so make don't, your next display. If you're listening Desmond, don't do it. <laughs> Just find a therapist. Come to my farm in Idaho. For real. Like I just want to save these poor kids. I hate their parents so much. God. Well, if that's the case, in the spirit of that hatred, I've got some surprise cringe for you. It's that time. Here you go. Here's your surprise cringe submission. Meet Wiley and Stefan, an ordinary couple. Situation. It was love at first sight as far as I loved how he dressed, I loved how he acted, I loved his demeanor, I loved his personality. The bio of this grinder account said something like, country boy, loves the wild, loves animals, vegan. These bohemian boyfriends live an unconventional life on their converted bus in Texas. We bought it a couple months back and this is where we live, uh, our friend's backyard. <laughs> but there's one thing about this relationship that you might not be I am a man and I am actually pregnant. This pregnancy was definitely not planned, absolutely not. Carrying a baby isn't something many men expect to experience. And although Wiley didn't plan for this particular bump in the road, there's a biological reason he's now eating for two. I identify as a transgender male. Wiley was transitioning from female to male when he became pregnant. By the way, I had to censor out these nips because I don't know if I can show like cut up chick nipples on YouTube or not. But yes, Wiley was transitioning from female to male when he became pregnant in his, in his uterus. I have always felt uncomfortable in my, you know, female born body. Although Wiley's had a procedure to remove his breasts, he's yet to have what's called bottom surgery, an operation to create a penis. 
Wiley's female genitals had been a turnoff for previous partners. Everybody that I've dated in the past, they didn't accept me for who I was, or they were all okay with it to up to an extent, probably up to about where we became physically intimate. Stefan knew right off the bat that I was a transgender male. Before Wiley could get his manly bits, there was concern that his lady bits might still be up to their old tricks. It was a question, can you get pregnant? We had talked about testosterone and what he had been told by his doctors and what we had believed to be truth. Turns out, <laughs> that wasn't truth. Because Wiley was taking testosterone to give him male attributes, like facial hair, both believed there was no way he could get pregnant. I started having morning sickness. I found out I was pregnant at 11 weeks after I took the test and I saw that it popped How? positive. I was, I was nervous, I was very emotional, I started crying, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know what to think. As a gay person, I don't think I ever really planned for biological children. The couple were torn. You know, I have a chance to choose, do I want to give it up for adoption? You know, what am I going to do? Extreme love. Do it, give it up You've for adoption. You've never seen love like this before. Don't All raise right. that baby, let a foster family raise that baby. Let loving adoptive parents in a heterosexual monogamous relationship raise that baby for the love of god <laughs> kudos though for not having an abortion i was actually going to ask you that i i thought that was kind of interesting even when um and, and I'll, I'll speak to the baby in a moment which is the baby is born now but i did think that was interesting because this wiley person said i don't know what i'm going to do should i give it up to adoption abortion was never mentioned and in fact they did not choose abortion cool that's so you know, you got to give credit where credit was due. This is an unplanned pregnancy between two people that clearly are not suited to raise a child. Um, I appreciate that they're giving their child a choice in 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 life. And, and hmm. so fine. fine. I thought we were going to reach more of a dilemma here. I thought we were going to be in that situation where Blonde's like, yeah, I'm pro-life, but. No, this horrifies me. Um, <laughs> they should not raise this baby. So to give you some additional context, W.E.'s Extreme Love Series is a TV show featuring unconventional couples, of course, since the taping of this. Uh, Wiley gave birth through C-section and reportedly is suffering from postpartum depression, but I believe the couple is still together and they have the kid. At ah. least that's what all these, these pictures suggest. Uh, their baby Rowan was born on September 5th, so this was taped some time ago, even though boy? it's airing now. I, it just says baby Rowan. A girl would probably see. be better off. Let me see. I can search. Although I don't know. It that says baby boy. That kid's fucked. I don't, it doesn't matter yeah. what their gender is. Baby boy. Uh, I did find the commentary at the end too from that Steph, Stefan fellow. He says, well, as a gay man, I never thought about having biological children. What about when you put a dick in a vagina? Did you yeah. think about it then? Well, it's I was not having really a vagina. Like, What was he thinking sex. when he was... Was he like, this is a butthole. This is a butthole, right? <laughs> you, you wonder, like, yeah, was, was he thinking about that in his mind? Man, I really like this guy's ass. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> like, is he tricking himself? Uh, there's so many questions. Um, was she taking okay. testosterone during the pregnancy? No, right? Uh, I, 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 the story's a little unclear. It says during, like, she was taking it when she got pregnant. Let's see what it says. Are Test these people them. from Portland? They're in Texas. They live in a, I love that part too. They live in, in a bus in their friend's backyard in Texas. All it says is that uh, when the couple discussed Wiley's hormonal treatment, 
they'd been told by doctors that they couldn't get pregnant on testosterone. So that implies that obviously they were taking it before the pregnancy, but I, I don't know if this person continued to take testosterone after her unplanned pregnancy happened. Absolutely. Well, 11 weeks is pretty late in the game to find out that you're pregnant. Yeah. You're that almost was sort of odd three too. months pregnant. So you've missed two periods. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's a normal thing to have happen when you're on testosterone. I don't know how this works. Does that affect? I don't know, but presumably there were two months where they were pumping that baby full of testosterone. Not knowing oh, yeah. That she Good was point. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. two months of not knowing that you're pregnant, three months of not knowing you're pregnant. They were probably drinking and smoking weed all the time and hmm. having gay orgies with his vagina. <laughs> yeah. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Do you see why this kills my soul? I look at this and I wonder if Muslims are like sizing up our country and they're like, oh, that's, that's pretty fucked up. I think they're right for the taking. It's like, uh, well, there's that. And then also that, remember that blonde meme I made months back where it was that like thumbs up sunglasses guy. And it was, it was you done up in blonde hair. And it's like when you're actually excited for the Muslim takeover, because then at least there will be patriarchy. It's kind of like that. Like, I think they I mean, it, obviously they take some things to the extreme, but maybe some of the spirits are there. I know. <laughs> maybe they have some 2019, things. the year I donate to the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, reconsider. I mean, I guess that's the question is like, all right, if I want to live under someone's rule, is it going to be ISIS or Stefan and Wiley? Who am I going to yeah. pick? <laughs> yeah. pick. Oh, okay. That's all I got. That was a fun uh, surprise cringe. Thank you for enduring both of them. Um, which did you, of the last two submissions, which did you find the most difficult to endure? The kid abortion segment was worse. Really? Mm. Yeah. Which you All knew right. you put that back to back with the most recent Desmond segment so that you could just destroy me. Well, remember I had originally planned to do both of these in last week's show, but I just, I knew it was going to be too long. So I cut it out. That would have been a killer. Yeah, yeah it would. Okay. Well, we should close out if you're ready to get out of here. Sure. We got tons of super chats. Okay. Uh, Brom says, Brom39, you should look up Doug Casey. Casey Research talks about um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, why her policies aren't just stupid, that she's fundamentally evil. It's not a really long article. Okay. I still yeah, think I mean, that she's idealistic, but I don't know. I, I as, as I was talking about this week, I, I want people to start making a more moral case against her since she makes a moral case too. And so if it's something in that spirit... I'm very interested because she's not a moral person. At least what she's talking about are not moral ideas. Yeah. Wandering says Anna Navarro filed her nails on CNN. If I was yeah. the other guest, you can do your nails. doesn't make you any less uglier. Did they say that? Uh, that whore is fifth on my list to be smeared against the wall via catapult. <laughs> oh, my God. I disavow. That, yeah, really. Jesus. Jeez. Although Jeez. I did laugh a little bit. David Blackson, good news this week was Acosta getting owned by everyone on Twitter, including being self-owned. The highlight was Trump retweeting him and adding Dear Diary to it. Yeah. Bad news for me was Lactasia. I just hate this kid, so if I hear you. Yeah, it, it, Trump, uh, Trump has been memeing a lot more lately. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because at some point it's like, well, start doing stuff instead of memeing. Yeah, but it does have real cultural impact. You know, it shows that and it shows that he pays attention to these sort of influential online circles. He's kind yeah. of more well connected than certainly a lot of other politicians. Redacted says shout out to the truth about immigration channel. I heard about her channel here and I've watched every upload. Great content. Highly. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's great. I've spoken with her and she um, she's an immigration lawyer. 
So she knows her stuff about immigration and she's doing her own YouTube content. So yeah, if people see her in the chat, give her channel a click and head on over there. And of course, she's been a, a, a very kind supporter of the show too. Uh, Beaner8127 went to Disney and discovered a big lie. Feminists love masculinity. Gaston, the womanizer beefcake, had the longest line, all visible feminists who were inappropriately touching him and spooning. What a surprise. Women love masculine men. Who knew? Can't believe it. Joshua, well, yeah, you live to be 101 if you drink coarse. Can't get liver failure from water. Quality beer <laughs> is worth the long-term side effects of premature death. Fair um, enough. JB Dude 9061 Texas Meetup, anyone? We can eat some wicked barbecue and pound some shiners. Sweet. We're in Texas. Um, Send us an email. You know, be the be the organizer in your place. Keep an eye on that in the, in, um, the email inbox if you can. And I guess um, we'll figure it out. But if maybe save them in a folder in the email inbox or something, and we'll we'll get these people in touch. Okay. Uh, the slaughtered lamb says non political. I don't know your music taste diplomatically speaking, but there's this metal band called The Last Ten Seconds of Life that just released a new album yesterday called Machina Nangrata. It's amazing. Hmm. Check I'm it not out much first. of a metal guy, but uh, but sure. I do Thanks for supporting cool. the show. And typo negative. Um, Justin Case says, 3K watching sweet braided blonde is the best blonde. Now shed the jacket. Blonde braided and shoulders showing would be priceless. <laughs> Calling for a Philly meetup or somewhere in Bucks County, PA. I should just hmm. email. Maybe we can make some folders. Um, I try not to show shoulders because when I do, people in the comments are just like super hateful. Like, your shoulders are only for your husband. I'm like, are you? Wow. That's, that's, that's very strict. I mean, very I never show cleave or anything like that. Um, hmm. Gabriel Lopez just gave us a little heart. You're a faggot, Gabriel. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Matiazzo says, thanks for the show and keep up the great work. I haven't had time to check out your subscription option since subscribe star. So I figured I'd send it here. So take well, my thanks. funny colored money. We will. Thorin Parpst. Blonde's eagerness for Ginsburg demise is mildly disturbing. I'll grant you that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want her to keep living in such agony. And it's just that my compassion, my deep well of compassion to put her out of her misery is what is causing my eagerness. To oh. Agent Flippy, I love your recent video, Matt. I literally well, busted thanks. out laughing to your MLK five times fast, but it was gold. <laughs> <laughs> I was also sure to proofread this chat so Blonde cannot critique my misspelling. I'm sorry if I've done that. Before. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to get in, in trouble for that one or not. So I'm <laughs> glad I didn't so far. But that was a fun video to make. Dave McCullough says, love the show. Been quietly watching for months now. Canada has an age limit of 70 for both the Senate and the Supreme Court. That's good. Mm. Um, Agent Flippy, Tulsi Gabbard will definitely be one to watch out for if the mob doesn't eat her alive first. I believe she may be able to pull a sizable amount of people from the middle to her side. Yeah, maybe. I don't know that much about her, but people are saying she's more moderate. She's willing to compromise. I, I appreciate that. That said, I'm wary of the Democratic Party's desire, willingness um, to beat someone like her into compliance. Yeah. Like if she if she's going to be the nominee, they're not going to accept any waffling. They're not going to accept anything less than Republicans or Nazis. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Slaughtered Lamb says, I'm born and raised in San Antonio, and as mayor of San Antonio, uh, Julian Castro, Julian Castro, signed off on many ice raids. He's just another hypocritical Democrat. No surprise there. <laughs> Stormy Horseface Daniels just gave us a bunch of crabs. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. That, that's, yeah, I see Joshy that. That's Boy fine. says, oh, we're not angry with you. We're just disappointed. Checking Checking oh, now, at first, I thought the crabs were like, a, at first, I thought it was like a Jordan Peterson lobster reference, but then I realized, no, it's just, Stormy Daniels giving us crabs. And her dirty, it, dirty vagina. It took me a second. 
Um, sharp breast scorpion. I had a great weekend. Y'all just top it off as a suggestion. Could both of you come up with a video about the rite of passage for men in modern times? Um, I can't do that. I'm not a man. Probably can't opine there. Uh, I, just, I don't know. That's probably a little bit outside my wheelhouse in terms of content I, I like to make. But um, but if you if there's something you want to talk about on it, I'm happy to answer an email or something like that. If you if you want to send that my way. Um, do you want to pick up? Uh, yeah, uh, Boogeyman bit. says uh, hello to my favorite podcast duo. Frankly, you two are the antithesis of the New York Times. Cheers. Well, that's high praise. Thanks very much. Um, Liberative says just after Jim's border special, he went to the fire department and didn't find a fire, calling into question the effectiveness of fire prevention. <laughs> well played, uh, indeed. NYKK increased wall funding by one billion for every day delayed. Good luck if you can figure out how to make that happen. Uh, Travis Valle, obvious flaw in the most illegals are here because of visa, visa overstays argument is that, uh, makes, is that makes a case against sanctuary cities. Would Dems willingly give up the sanctuary cities in return for no wall? That's the trouble is I don't think they're going to give up anything. They have, they talk about Trump's obsession with a wall, but I think they have they're an obsession obsessed. with no wall. I don't yeah. think they'd concede sanctuary cities. Obviously, we've seen prior, they're not willing to trade DACA. Like, that still seems to me, even though I understand why you would be oppose it and a lot of people would, but from just a negotiation perspective, mm-hmm. that seems like the most obvious trade starting point to me is, you want DACA? We'll give you DACA. Just got to start building the wall. That's, that's a compromise in that both parties get a gain. But they hate the wall so much, they wouldn't even do that, even though that's like policy preference number one yeah. for them. Yeah. Eh. Uh, Carrying on, boom, boom, potato. I think is what this is. Ah. It's a great name for the, uh, for the show to promote the wall. Well, thank you, Leonis Drafer. Have some shackles. We'll do. Thank, thank you. Down, you. downskated. Shut up and take my money. Listening to you tomorrow. You guys lost out to Skyrim tonight. I think I'm one of the only people in the world that got bored playing Skyrim. I played it like five hours, and I like RPGs mostly, but I was like, eh, not for me. And I still haven't played it to this day. One hominid. I have an epitome on account of I'm allergic to reading. All right, fair enough. Yes, I know it's epitome. Uh, yeah, I'm a fago. I would, uh, it would be cool to do a Florida meetup uh, of other listeners and YouTubers. How would one go about doing that? If any, as I said, if anyone's listening and you're in a market where these meetups don't exist yet, which is anywhere outside of Denver, and you want to organize that, send us an email and we'll try, I think what we'll try to do is just set up forms or basically whoever emails first will be appointed like, point person for communication and we'll we'll let you guys organize from there but send an email to uh the beauty and the beta at gmail.com inbox and i appoint blonde in charge of it so you know we'll we'll get to it <laughs> i kid she'll she'll take no care. you're not kidding we have like 70 unread emails in our house. you have like 70 unread emails. <laughs> that's all right um well, where did I leave? Oh, boom potatoes back again. I'm not a helicopter pilot, but if I see, um, but if I see one in a tree, I know he screwed up kicker thing. Oh, I see Re- with reference to the kicker piece we were talking about earlier. Austin Lord, first time watching live from behind enemy lines in the people's Republic of California. Any quick thoughts on the debate of stay and fight versus move to a free state? I Oof. am, I'm more of the, like, whether it's, the state in which you live or the website on Patreon where you operate, I'm more of the like, go do your own thing elsewhere than I am. Yeah. Like try to try to fight other people into doing the stuff the way you want them to. But that's just my personal preference. No, I mean, I would love to stay and fight. If I had that stay and fight mentality, I would have stayed in Seattle because it has everything that I want in a city. If I could just 
fill it with conservatives, like take out all the people in Seattle and fill it with conservatives. It would have everything that I want. Um, but I retreated to a red state. So I and that is a bummer. I mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong. We both live in what I would consider to be beautiful places. I, I very much like the places, the place I live. And that said, the places, their strongholds are also beautiful places. I'm thinking like Seattle, San Francisco, much of yeah. the West Coast. Very beautiful country. And it's a shame to concede that beauty to people who will probably destroy it. Yeah. Joseph Shook says the first time Matt and I made love was a, <laughs> I was a little limp. But I hope round two is much more satisfying. Matt thought it was immoral, but I think he loves people on the inside. Fair enough. Thank you. Pseudosign. Been working through some CDC data on the opioid ep epidemic and how e uh, DEA's been working on physicians. If you're curious, look at the data. Pretty messed up. Happy to take some thoughts via email if you'd like. Thanks for supporting the show. Big Armada says, hey, Matt and Blonde, I'm a centrist. Uh, but for my whole life, I've been hearing mostly left-leaning opinions on issue, it's issues. It's nice to hear differing opinions. It helps me make sense of what's going on in the world. Thanks. Well, thank you. And I would hope um, – you know, I'm glad to hear that. I, I, I want people who don't agree with everything we say to tune into yeah. the show. That's that's the hallmark of a good show that's worth listening to. So thank you for that. HR says, shout-outs from your boy Char. Char? Char? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Blonde, I started watching all your vids oldest to newest this week. You got seven left. I guess nice. I'll do Karen Strawn next week. You talk about her so much, and she's uh, watching tonight. Yeah, Karen's cool. Uh, Han, Han has no note. Thank you for that. Pseudoscience is back. Also, y'all are awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for supporting the show. 2A says, if feminists want constitutional equality for genders, insist they get annual prostate exams. And male allies must get cervical exams. An excellent new reality show. Uh, internals for equality. All right, I'll, I'll tune in if that show pops up. Ashar says, Matt, don't feel left out. Your boy already watched all your vids a while back. I'm watching, I'm switching jobs this week, but I'd love to talk to you about your argument for why you're not a theist when there's time. I'm, I can take an email about it. Um, and, and I, you know, just for clarity on the issue, I don't consider myself an atheist either. I just consider myself largely agnostic. My position on religion, I think you and I are somewhere close, mostly agnostic on the spiritual questions. As far as the utility and practicality questions, I actually do see quite a lot of utility yeah. for religious yeah. community. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll join one for just a practical practical reasons, utilitarian reasons. Chicken Fried Monkey says, of course women have the right to vote, but should they? Nah. Well, I guess you guys are friends. At a test for women to prove they know the issues and can vote logically. <laughs> this is from a woman, by the way. All live skanks would fail. Never mind. Just repeal the 19th. Fair enough. Dear, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. This is a tough name. Pineapple Platypotamus? Pineapple Platypotamus. I can't even... Pineapple hippoplatypospotamus. We'll go with that. Have either of you been successful in changing someone's mind and getting them to admit they're wrong? How do we do that? Is it different for girls and guys? I don't know if I've been successful in changing minds, but it's generally, a slow thing. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. I, I've I've had friends whose opinions have evolved through discussions with me. Sort of. I think the keys for anybody is if you're really trying to persuade someone, assume good intent and sort of affirm their good intent throughout the discussion. But at the same time, stay committed to the Socratic method. Keep asking why, why, mm -hmm. why? And eventually yeah. you'll get to the, the, the foundational principles on which they operate. If you keep asking that why question. Or they'll get so, really mad and stop talking to you, but then come back around. Usually. Oh yeah. Or yeah, they might really, they might get mad because they realize, wow, I don't actually have a good explanation for why I believe yeah. the things I believe. 
and then maybe they do come around. And and I don't mean to sound like it ha- it's happened to me too. Like a lot of this show, a lot of my experience on YouTube has been transformation of my perspective. So it works both ways, you know? And I think um, generally speaking, even over, well, I don't know if that's totally true, but I, one, th- one of the things I value very much in a friend or somebody who's close to me is open-mindedness. I do want someone who has values and is principled, but I want someone who's willing to listen to a case that is counter to them. That's right. very important to me. So whenever, if you find people who are like that, hang on to them. That'd be my advice. They're good people to have around. John McGee says, so these professors literally proved that feminazis aren't are, are real and they're pretty pissed about it. Jordan Peterson has a podcast with these professors. It's pretty good. Not your typical Peterson podcast. I did see he posted it. I still got to listen to it. Um, Glenn Copeland, no note. Thank you for supporting the show. You want to take over on MJ? Are you, you still- sure? MJ said, MJ, MJ Patterson worked for one day where Kloss's parents worked. So not mm. a random pick, but also little no contact with family before abduction from a Wisconsinite. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. And then we had a uh, one that we missed was from Dimashi. My 96 year old oh, grandmother legally migrated from Bogota, Colombia to Miami in order to escape Escobar's wrath. And she did not risk her five children's lives just to watch this border crisis build the wall. Mm. Another one from Glenn Copeland. No note. Thank you, sir. Big LC. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not meet the press. It's beauty and the black pill. Oh, but that's God. not the right way. Cause you're the black pill. Yeah. You can be both. Maybe. I don't know. You should elevate your sense of self-esteem. <laughs> Maybe I'm the beauty. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Raven Knight. Hunger Games, but instead of children, we have far left crazies. I am into it. Jim Nugent. Thanks for a great show. Thank you for the donation, Jim. Joel Dykeman. It's mind-boggling how laissez-faire progressives are with parenting, with parenthood, but how authoritarian they are with adults. That's a really interesting. good point. I hadn't thought about That's it that way. Yeah. Um, Raven Knight, at least those two are having the baby and not having an abortion, but that kid is going to be screwed. I know. I mm. wish they would give him up for adoption to Ann Coulter. There it is. I just figured <laughs> out that whole situation. Yeah. Um, Agent Flippy, does taking male hormones during transition hurt the likelihood of pregnancy? I honestly don't know. Not sure if either of you do. That's um, That was implied by their consultation with their doctor. I would imagine but... so. I mean, hormones are a really delicate balance. When you disturb them with things like stress, it's sometimes difficult to get pregnant. I can't yeah. imagine that pumping yourself full of testosterone is not going to have an effect on that. I wouldn't think so, yeah. Um, Zach says, a gay guy stu- uh, stuck his pen in a vagina and had a kid. I'm so lost. I don't even know what to say at this point. I hear you, man. Austin oh, Kendall. Yeah. He had to. He, a gay guy stuck his peen is in oh. a vagina. I think he had to write that because of YouTube censorship. Uh, well, I got the gist. Yeah, yeah. Did I just say pen? It's I only said yeah. that because it's spelled like that, but I also I we're at the two hour. Me. We're at the two hour mark. Give us uh, excuses, excuses. Um, Austin Kendall. Apparently, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Her name is too fucking long. AOC. Get with AOC, the kids. AOC uh, yeah. campaign is under investigation. Got here late. Don't know if you covered it. I didn't know. We that. didn't. She's in trouble in New York for like failing to provide workers' comp or some sort of workers' benefit for her really? employees. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. The person demanding that we provide every benefit under the sun for everybody was not, in fact, providing legally required benefits for her workers. I can't believe it. Interesting. Keaton Matthews says, please watch this uh, To Make You Laugh Blonde video called Squeak, Squeak, Boom. So is that fleece or wool plaid? That must be to you. Uh, not wool. I think it's just like regular cotton. I don't know. It's a Vans shirt. I got all my shirt from Vans. Just, <laughs> just Vans.com. Uh, yeah. Semper Ad Melior. Wish I had AOC as a math teacher. I could have gotten credit for being moral, even if I couldn't solve her X. Also, Matt, please stop killing blonde soul. I know, right? I know. 
It's not my fault. I'm not the one killing your soul. Uh, Jacob Palmer, here's some incentive for Matt to show his shoulders. Show it, girl. <laughs> uh, sure. Frank Underwood says, Blonde, your shoulders, hair, face, and eyes are only for your husband. Now cover up and put on the cob. <laughs> Levi Mortensen, yeah. how do blind people know when to stop wiping? <laughs> uh, th that one's past me. What's the gang there? You know, like wiping your butt. How do blind people know? Yeah, because like. They can't. Oh, all right. All right. I guess. Um, I don't they do know. It by, they do it by feel as opposed to visual evaluation. It's been a, it's been a gross show. Yeah. Um, pineapple law platypotamus. Pineapple platypotamus. Is the first step in convincing someone that they're wrong, take their last statement and logically progress it in a crazy direction to show them that they should agree with that as well. Um, if you can do that. I mean, these, these conversations never go as you... Yeah, I mean, what what you're getting at when you do that is sort of the same thing that I was trying to get at earlier. When you, whenever you're presenting a hypothetical, you're trying to get a person to apply their reasoning to a different set of circumstances, assuming right. the same the same concept generally applies. You could do it that way, or you could do what I'm talking about, which is just just ask the why question. Why do you believe that to be true? Why, 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 why? why? Until you get to a foundational principle, or they quit. But at least if you get to the foundational principle, you've made some. Good progress. Yeah. Okay, I got a few over on Streamlabs. We're good on Super Chat, right? Yep. Let's see. Uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Fitzgerald says, Shekels for burps. Thank you. Risen Victory. Uh, I'm thinking of writing a children's book about a dollar coin named Sacagawea. She, uh, sorry, God, I got to change the formatting because freaking Streamlabs is so hard to read. Uh, I'm thinking of writing a children's book about a dollar coin named Sacagawea. She is worn as a feminist necklace and thinks she is worth 77 cents because she wasn't born a dollar bill named George who lives on a fat, gassy white man's wallet. Okay, sounds like there's a good concept there. Al Shahim or Al Sahim. Uh, regarding Sarah Silverman, lightning kills more people 84 than uh, then unarmed blacks killed by cops 78 from 2015 to 2017. Also strangled by one's own bed sheets kills 30 times the number of people about 800 per year as unarmed really? blacks killed by cops statistics. Radicus says, uh, going to an ethics board to test their ethics. Yeah, I suppose so. J J J N N N says we need to, we need to bail and go to Mars people. Yeah. Intellectual refuge on Mars, man. They're starting those commercial trips to Mars soon, like the year 2024 or something. Sign up now. Texas Stentialist says, more cleavage, please, Matt. I'll think about it. Meet you. Check out the channel, Meet Me Neither. Two ladies from Portland discuss toxic femininity. It is stirring up controversy here because one of them owns a local coffee shop chain. Well, I would happily frequent that coffee shop chain if I was still in the neighborhood. That sounds cool. Yeah. I think that's all we got. Reload one more time here, but I think we're all set. Yep, yeah, good. we're set. So unless awesome. you got more to say, let's get the hell out of here. Nope. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for hanging out with us um, in the live chat, keeping us on track, and for supporting the show in the super chat as well. As I mentioned, working on ways to consolidate some of the support for the show and erase some of the unclarity, the uncertainty surrounding what's going to happen in the aftermath of the Patreon deletion, which is coming at the end of the month. If you're listening uh, later on YouTube or on one of the audio platforms on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. 
Um, if you want to listen back to the show, in addition to this show, we got like the call-in show and some other interviews on other platforms, stuff like that's all on the audio platform. So if you're looking for more to listen to, check those out. Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. And remember, you can always email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com, especially if you want to organize a local meetup. In the meantime, we'll be back on Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me, the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. See you then. Bye, guys. Ah.